ruthless aggression. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I lie! Don't make fun of me, sucker! Wait! Here comes the pain! Enjoying the ride, Randy. I'm the Make famous! His name is Eric Bischoff! What is the one quality that you possess? That makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business. Ruthless aggression. Aggression Podcast, the show that takes a look back at wrestling and pop culture of the mid-2000s to answer the question, was it really an era? I'm your host, as always, Levi, and joined alongside me today is that big, juicy cow. What's going on, man? Hey, what's cracking? And also, to my left, Seattle's own good old Jake R. Jake, how you doing, man? Man, I am doing well. I am back in the saddle again looking as only I can and I'm, I'm ready to talk about this show I, I've got some moments that I, I've got to say are absolute favorite moments maybe in wrestling in this show uh, well just one but we'll, we'll get to it I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be some good stuff and some bad stuff sounds promising that's what I thought but today we are going to face our fear it's Unforgiven 2003 I don't that's the tagline for the show, do you know? I don't forgive you. Notice how many times they said it? Face your <laughs> I don't forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so this event took place on September 21st, 2003, here at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. A fairly new, at the time, arena. Broke ground in the year 2000 and cost 65 million in construction. Wow! You know, it's kind of. <laughs> are, are you shocked by that? Uh, by that? I'm, I am absolutely shocked. I figured they paid it all in candy bar. For <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy. They're only home to the Hershey Bears. You got? Are you guys familiar with the Hershey Bears? The hell are the Hershey Bears? Is that, I'm gonna guess that that is a minor league hockey team. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, all this for that? All it's this a for weird looking Bears? building. It's it's got like this weird arc to it. It's kind of like a dome, but it's kinda not. It it's kinda like a field house, but it's round at the top. I don't it's a weird building, man. It has a capacity of twelve thousand five hundred and managed ten thousand three hundred and forty seven for tonight's event. It had 360,000 buys on pay-per-view. We're sponsored tonight by Soul Calibur 2. Soul Calibur. Cool. You guys have any Soul Calibur 2 yeah. memories? <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Uh, I, absolutely. Go ahead and share, Jake. 
Well, um, Soul Calibur 2 was a game that was hot uh, when I was in high school. We were playing basketball and uh, getting ready before the game and hanging out before the game at a friend's house. And we're just playing Soul Calibur. And we created the term, you got asked when we were playing Soul Calibur 2. Like, if you, if you lost the fight so bad that you got... We couldn't come up with another word to describe your defeat other than you got asked. Um, I also remember... <laughs> feeling certain sorts of ways about Ivy and, and not being ready to, to talk about it. Oh, it's because you got those big old boobleys. Is that what you're well, well, that's part, that's part, that's part. <laughs> the boobly gooblies. She got those puppies, JR. Woo! <laughs> I remember uh, Link being an, like an exclusive character on the GameCube version. Yes, yeah. I, I that was the one I had. I remember that because people were quick to point out, like, Link had a quite noticeable bulge in the game. Really? <laughs> I don't remember Go- Google Salt Caliber 2 Link bulge and you're going to be don't, like, oh my god. Don't Google that. <laughs> Google it, everybody. Everybody look at Link's bulge. I'm going to Google it. But as far as Soul Calibur memories, I never played the second one. I always remember seeing the commercials, but I mostly played the third one on 360, Xbox 360, and the first one on Dreamcast. <laughs> I've never, I'm sorry, I just can't get past, I've never heard that before and Hey, did you know that you could see his bulge in the game? <laughs> it's not even that noticeable of a bulge. <laughs> Jake has Googled it confirmed. Google confirmed. It looks more Hashtag like a camel link toe than a bulge. <laughs> they call it the lulge. <laughs> the lulge. I'm doing it for the it's, lulge. It's a lulge show. So the theme song here for tonight is Enemy by Seven Dust. Unless you're on the WD network, then it's... (laughs) Which holds a special place in my heart. I actually didn't know that this was the theme song for this show, so when I found out uh, about a few weeks ago... I'm sorry, just crying. This was my number one workout song back in high school. Workout song? The lyrics are absolutely stupid. They're absolutely stupid, but it gets you so pumped up, and I can see why they would want to put it on a pay-per-view you see like i on even on the network version they they still have the cold suffocate like why didn't they just use that as the the open i guess because like, it's cheaper i have no idea <laughs> like they could have just yeah it's so weird like they had the song in the network they just throw that at the beginning and it would have been fine if it costs more than five dollars they're not going to license it for the network it's like what's, pair- cold, what's cold doing these days <laughs> exactly seven dust Seven Dust is still kicking around, but I, I never even heard of dust. I never even heard of Cold until I got on this podcast. So I mean, there you go. No offense, no offense. I think I think their career oh, gone cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got uh, seven layers of dust kicked on them. So interestingly enough, at the beginning of the Unforgiven DVD, WWE shows some of the music video to the song, and they they want to extend thanks to Seven Dust for the use of it but conspicuous by their absence in the music video that they show? China. She's in the so music wait, video to that song. I, I just want to make mention here that so they're now thanking Seven Dust after thanking Metallica. So that doesn't that kind of like blows a big old hole in our Metallica argument from, from the archives. Quite possibly. Because I don't think Seven Dust is a big enough band or at least on Metallica's level. Yeah. 
So I don't, I don't know, know but like back back in 03, Dust was king. Everybody, you remember when they played uh, the Silverdome and everybody called it the Dust Bowl because it was so. Funny? <laughs> no, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Nobody cares about the Silverdome. But yeah, China's in the music video to the song, and I thought, no way are they showing her, and I was unfortunately correct. <laughs> Why was she in the video? Was it just like part of her, like, they're like, hey, let's get China in this music video. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with WWE. It's a Seven Dust thing. It's oh. it's like a fighter theme sort of thing, and she happens to be there. Gone are the days of good and evil. The desire for revenge transcends all moral bounds and is powerful enough to turn the benevolent into machines of destruction. For the warriors in whom we place our trust are immersed in a new kind of fight for a cause they may not understand against an enemy they can't predict. In a war, they won't win. Goldberg, you are a disgrace to the very industry that I revolutionized. I watched you skate your way by with a multi-million dollar company at your back, beating nobody after nobody. Make no damn mistake about it. I will beat your ass. Goldberg, when I look into your eyes, I see a man pretending to be something he's not. Pretending to be a wrestler. Pretending to be a superstar. Pretending you and me to be Triple H one-on-one and tonight that world heavyweight title is mine I will end the joke that is your career Triple H Goldberg believe the hype You don't belong in the same company as me And after tonight You won't be woman from last year's Unforgiven and this year's Judgment Day. Well, it's nice to hear her again after we had like the knockoff from last time. <laughs> she certainly delivers, man. What and does from, she say? From the gate, she says, Gone are the days of good and evil. The desire for revenge transcends all moral bounds. <laughs> That's way too much. Way too thick. Just like me, <laughs> bro. With blue chew, am I right, folks? I love it though. Her voice is just so funny. It's like anything sounds like immediately spookier. Well, like imagine just, like, quit you teasing call it Pizza us. Hut. Quit teasing imagine us. And you just do it. Imagine, you call, 
Imagine you call Pizza Hut and she's like, welcome to Pizza Hut. What can I take your order for? And you're like, who says what can I take your order for? Are you stupid? <laughs> it's my first day. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm going to call somebody else. <laughs> it's my first day. I'm nervous. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Either. Levi smells like a big dog anus. <laughs> Levi sucks, right? LOL. Hey, stop it. Get some help. As Jonathan coach. I don't know. I'm just thinking like she's taking the order. She's like, does this complete your order? Uh, I Do guess. you want spaghetti? The total is <laughs> $19.95 and make. God have mercy on we'll, your soul. Well, big show. <laughs> Will Big Show be able to conquer Chris Jericho for the coveted plate of spaghetti? Oh, <laughs> my spaghetti Jericho! <laughs> so it highlights uh, the three main feuds. We got Orton and Michaels, Kane and Shane, and Goldberg versus Triple H. And, and midway through, <laughs> Triple H takes over for voiceover. So he's like, I'll take it from here, uh, creepy lady. He pushes out of the way in the booth. Like, that's how it feels. Like it's like it does feel like he just shoves himself in the middle of it. Like, hang on, I got something to say to Bill Goldberg. He's asserting his dominance. Like, well, she's gonna take my position. I gotta get something in here. He can't help but to bury everyone he comes into contact with. <laughs> so he calls Goldberg a disgrace to the very industry that he, being Triple H, revolutionized. He says he beat nobody after nobody while shots of him spearing Hogan, Bret Hart, and Big Show play. <laughs> I know, right? What a jackass. The, just the absolute irony when Triple H says, when I look into your eyes, I see a man pretending to be somebody he's not. The irony. They should have cut to a, a picture of him and Ric Flair hugging. <laughs> you know... I have to say, the sad thing is, Triple H, I feel, believes everything he's saying here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this well, is half. That, yeah, I, I believe Triple H. I believe Triple H believes it, but do you think Paul believes it? Like, I mean, do you think the person believes it, or do you think just, like, Triple H is? Like, because he's clearly going for a, a character here, like the megalomaniac who's gone too far. But, like, I don't. I'm not wholly sold on the fact that he's shooting on this. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just my, my latent Triple H mark trying to, to defend him here. So when he says... Um, Doo-doo poo-poo? No, when he says on Raw, this microphone works unlike Goldberg, you don't think <laughs> he meant that? Oh, no. Well, I believe he hundreds it minute. <laughs> I feel like this is actually Triple H IRL ego right now. Of course now. it is. Like how could it? Of not course be? it is. All right, all right, fine. Oh, there's that's that Goldberg bias. Yep. <laughs> I, don't worry, don't worry, Jake. We only have a few more months of Goldberg. Don't worry. You got that gold bias. You got that gold bond. <laughs> I haven't said one word about Goldberg yet in this episode. Mm-hmm. You just you're waiting for that main event, that big juicy main event, so you can hate on. Oh, just just you wait, Kyle. I got plenty. Oh yeah, well t- I'm just gonna introduce a new segment. It's the Goldberg Jackhammer of the Night, starring oh. Jake. <laughs> Jake, you gotta count down your top ten uh, Goldberg moments. Go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number one, his retirement. Oh, <laughs> when was that? Because he just wrestled at WrestleMania. 
Well, I assume he's retired now because he wouldn't sign a deal that goes beyond WrestleMania. So, I, I mean, they'll dust him off here in about 15 years to come out and wrestle. The, but at that point, he'll just be Oldberg. He won't be able to afford the G. But nevertheless, he ends the opening package by saying, you don't belong in the same company as me. And after tonight, you won't be. And now, Raw presents Unforgiven as the production truck explodes. <laughs> that was really weird, the little production truck opening. Someone finally neutralized Kevin Dunn, thank goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> Wish, because he missed some shots in this show, man. We get a big fireworks display as Enemy is blasting in the arena. The whole thing, man. The music, the amazing set, the fireworks... Something about it just got me so excited. And I don't usually feel this way for shows, but... You started crying? I did. I had to leave the room. You're like, oh, God. But I think going back to, you know, the theme song, Enemy, it triggers this, like, adrenaline part of my brain because I've used it in my workout playlist for so long. But either way, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for Unforgiven. <laughs> and Kyle, can you describe this set and what it looks like to our... Uh, actually, our I really like the set. I really like the set in this one. Um... Big giant WWE illuminated logo up top, which always seems kind of weird, but they just love doing it. Uh, it's really industrial and dark, and kind of gives like a bunch of just kind of rusted metal vibes. And under the big old Titan Tron, there's the uh, big Unforgiven logo. It's like it's cool because it has a screen behind it illuminated and looks like flames. But then at the beginning of the show, lighted on fire, and so that was a really cool visual. I actually really like the stage. Jr. welcomes us and says. We're here tonight to commentate, but we're here to fight as well. <laughs> I'm here to kick Jonathan Coachman's ass. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm I'm all for this. <laughs> we cut to our Spanish commentators. Once again, they're matching. Same exact outfit. <laughs> yep. And now, now I'm questioning: Did they do this all the time, and I just didn't realize it? I'm sure. starting to wonder. It has to be. Like, who's the joke on? Is the joke on us, or is the joke on them? Well, they just they just like matching. They like looking spiffy together. Yeah, maybe it's not a joke at all, Jake. Maybe on the side they just have a band, and so they. This like is wrestling. Like everything's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything's a work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except for Triple H on Goldberg. That is not exactly. a work. That's a twerk. <laughs> They're wearing the exact same outfit again. The same stuff they've been wearing. The crap same, we pointed out last time. Same Adidas sweatpants. 
still doing the same Unfortunately, it's the same. Looks like Blubber Ray's put on you. Blubber Ray. He's going to find you and rip your damn head off. Bring it on. Who's this mark saying I'm Blubber Ray? I'm going to kick his head. My headphones fell off my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you guys still there? No. Yeah, we're still here. <laughs> Sorry, I threw my head back and my headphones fell to the floor. <laughs> Easy there, Conrad. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say about the the background of this match was Spike was slated to be in this match, but Law Except Resistance, yeah, they dumped him on his head on the table, throwing him from inside the ring to the outside. Mom. They were trying to get him to go through a table, but like. He just missed it, and his head clipped the edge of it real hard. No, what? they missed it. He didn't miss it. Well, it looks like well, his I mean, feet kind of got his body up on the ropes. Missed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's not good. And it, yeah. Then the like the thing I didn't like is the next week to to write him off TV. They power bomb through another table. It's like as though it wasn't bad enough. Like we we couldn't just not have him on TV for uh, two weeks <laughs> and just say it was a bad injury. No, we have to power bomb him. Again, through another table with a neck brace on. <laughs> we'll talk more about that as uh, we progress in the match. But um, yeah, it's, it's a handicap match for the tag titles, USA versus France. That's really all you need to know. And I will say, I got a little startled when I saw the stage crew pull the fireworks uh, thingy from the stage during the Dudley's entrance. I thought it was a big rat scurrying across the stage. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really the first time I was like, oh, that's how they do that. I'd never seen them pull that before. So there you go. Yeah, I I didn't think it was a rat, but uh, Bubba Ray did. I just heard him be like, that's a big damn rat. (laughs) It's like the rats I see in Yonkers. Oh my gosh. Yonkers. Oh my oh my gosh. Yonkers. <laughs> what is up with Lillian announcing them as Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley? What's up with that? She didn't say the Dudley boys. She goes, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. Perhaps they're I... prepping us for a split. That's all I was thinking, yeah. No, they don't... Get... their contracts are up next year and they don't split. No, oh, don't tell us that, Levi. Spoilers. <laughs> Gah. But it's like in SmackDown vs. Raw. Maybe it was on the don't... tables. Huh? Maybe it was on the tables at the time. The tables! But it's like in SmackDown vs. Raw when you don't have the Dudley boys as an option for your entrance for them to call out. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. But as aforementioned, they show Spike in a match with Rob Conway just getting decimated. And I, f- I found it funny just how bad it made WWE look to send out an undoubtedly injured wrestler to compete in a match. <laughs> it's, it was the olden days. Nobody, nobody cared about that. Exactly. Like, I sure shooting didn't like bat an eye to it because, you know, wrestling. That's all you need to explain <laughs> that situation. I suddenly get shot and they have to bring him on next week to fake shoot them. But could, <laughs> you, could, you, could you imagine like a UFC fighter going out in a neck brace? <laughs> <laughs> to get punched it's like well he's not going to be here for for ufc 149 we have to write him off tv so we're going to get him out there we're just going to beat his brains in so he's definitely not here for next week 
It's like wrestling. Knocker. Wrestling doesn't need any help being made to look stupid, and that just does not help the case at all. Nope. You know what? It, the The crowd really bothered me in this match. Like thirty seconds oh, in, they match. start. Well, I'm just saying. Well, they bothered me the matches. entire night. But well, go ahead. We'll get they, there. We'll they, get there. They started. They started screaming. Uh, Blubber Ray, Blubber Ray. It is like, <laughs> you don't say that. Stop making and fun it, of my jersey. But like thirty <laughs> seconds in, like they start chanting for tables. It's like you're gonna get tables. Like this is a tables match. You don't have to chant for tables. They Do they doing, think they're like, not going to get them? The, the yeah, exactly. Well, you didn't say it enough. We're not getting the tables, boo. <laughs> they, that's how they turn heels. Like, no, you want it? I'm not giving it to you, boo. <laughs> but I feel like this match, the payoff isn't the. Uh, well, is there a spoiler to say the results? I mean, it's 2000. Uh, why, why, don't, why don't you hold on just a sec? Okay. We got to get through this match, baby well, bird. I should say that the the payoff is not the ending. The payoff is just. There's tables now. Like that's literally this whole feud. It's just been them having matches with zero tables and the crowd being like, "Tables, please." <laughs> Let's get started here. We start with Devon and Rob Conway. They punch at each other until Devon hits a running facebuster on Conway, and straight away, why are we standing on the outside? There's no disqualification. We don't need yeah. tags. Because people are stupid, man. That's why. This Especially is a, in the elimination match. This is a common theme throughout the night also, so hold on tight. <laughs> Devon gets back to the French boy corner, and they start working him over. He fights back and hits a clothesline on Conway. And I got to thinking, like, I wonder if Conway is with these guys because they're so green. Because he's sort of a workhorse guy, good in the ring. But the pairing is just odd to me. Well, I mean, I, I think they, they had him there, and isn't, don't one of these guys, like, what, he, he becomes La Resistance, uh, Robert Goulet. Uh, doesn't he become <laughs> La Resistance, too, in, with uh, Sylvain, you want to be my friend, Grenier? Yeah, I think what you're alluding to is Rene Dupree, he gets drafted to SmackDown in the coming months, and so they, that kind of puts him in the singles role. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. And, I'm, and Rob Conway changes his name to Robert Conway, and... They they maintain law resistance. Him and uh, Savan. Gotcha. I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where I, I didn't know the specifics, but that is what I'm getting at. Yes. Oh, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody opened a door. Is that Cobra just walking in? Uh, no, it was just wind gust. I you got it. Really this is a, a haunted podcast. It's tainted. It's tainted. Ghost Madison Square Garden. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want to die. So Conway gets caught by Blubber Ray. Devon oh. goes to punch, but Conway evades. Devon stops short before hitting his obese brother, though, and they connect arms and hit a double clothesline <laughs> on Conway. <laughs> you know, You're just, just laying like, him in there on that. that oh. Everybody at Bubba Ray and say Levi's calling you out. <laughs> 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 I know. I don't know. I was just thinking, like, remember, like a few years ago when WWE would do those like really stupid ads where it was like a backstage interview for, and it was obviously like a big dumb ad. Like, I remember there's one where it was like, <laughs> it was like they're interviewing uh, Natalie, and they're like, Natalie, you're so good at being a wrestler. How do you do it? And she's like, because I eat Subway, you stupid idiot. You know, <laughs> who's you remember Natalie? Those? No. 
Oh, that's or Natalia. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That stupid loser doesn't do good things. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Hey, <laughs> hey, she's, a, she's a heart. <laughs> that's a heart you're talking about there. Uh, Natalie, you're more like a fart than a heart. That's my my true opinion. Didn't she have <laughs> a little heart gimmick? Yeah, or she was she like, did. Have... Anyway, no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> damn it! My whole my whole dumb joke was, uh, what if they did that this time around, like back in two thousand three, and it was like a Pringles ad, and it had the Dudleys, and he was like, Devon, get the Pringles, <laughs> get the Pringles. Anyways, continue. We get a tag into Blubber Ray. I swear he's gotten fatter. <laughs> He what, put, from the last God, time he was in the ring? Yes, in a month's time. He puts Conway on the top rope, who just so happens to be drooling. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. No, no I didn't that. Catch Big that. slobber just comes down. What if they knocked him? <laughs> Big shot by Bubba, followed by several hard shots to Conway in the Tree of Woe. So, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Jerry Lawler asks, Why do French love Jerry Lewis films? <laughs> and... I expect a punchline, but he literally never follows up on it. So, it's so bizarre. <laughs> Moving on. So, Bubba gets all three Frenchmen in the corner. He says, USA! And splashes all them French boys. For the red, white, and blue. Which is also French colors. I was waiting on Wait, it. <laughs> so, Bubba is wearing an armband that says Spike on it. I mean, it, it's more like wrist tape more than an armband, and it's literally cutting off circulation. Well, it's just cutting off fat. <laughs> but why should I believe he cares so much for Spike? Because literally two years ago, he assaulted him for having a crush on Molly Holly. Because wrestling's fake, Levi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how am I supposed to expect that? I mean... Shawn Michaels and Triple H are going to be friends every single time. Like every once in a while, someone's going to kick somebody in the face. How come Vince McMahon went crazy and blew up in a car, and then just everybody forgot about it, Levi? Yeah, you shut your mouth. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> uh, the moral of the story the... is, I hate Blubber Ray. Anyway, <laughs> but we're going to get blocked. We're going to get unblocked by the Big Show yeah. and blocked and by you're, Blubber you're, Ray. You talk about my freaking Natalia nuclear heat, whatever. <laughs> The Natalie Nuclear. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever her freaking name is. She sucks. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I also wanted to bring up, like, isn't wearing, like, a name on you in sports, isn't that supposed to dedicate to someone who has passed away or, or something of that nature? Necessarily. I mean, they they do it a lot for guys who are injured and, you know, may not make it back that season, but not necessarily because somebody died. Because I made that mistake yeah. in a football game. Um, there was a, one of my one of my friends on the team. He had worn something that said, I forget, it was some sort of like nickname he had worn on his wrist tape. And I laughed at it, and he gave me the biggest angry face like ever. And I was just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and so uh, I did that. I had written on my wrist tape for one of my friends, be like, hey, look for me. I, I have your name on my wrist tape. And Another one of my friends comes up to me and he says, are they dead? And I said, no. He's like, you're stupid. I'm just like, what the heck? I, like, I had no idea that th that was a <laughs> you're thing. You're stupid. You are stupid. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> I, I was I was curious. Blubber Ray Dudley was stupid, so. The hills work over Blubber Ray. Conway puts Blubber in a sleeper, but it's quickly reversed into a back suplex. 
And with the help of fans clapping, Bubba makes the hot tag to Devon Dudley. Devon gets some clotheslines into Dupree and Conway. He knocks Grenier off the apron, and the crowd is noticeably silent here. Blubber Ray makes the blind tag, and they hit a reverse 3D to Conway. This is a neckbreaker, yo. No, it's, it's a reverse 3D, but yeah, neckbreaker. They hit the what's up! While JR is saying, can't be counted out or disqualified. However, the referee still self-distracting himself, preoccupying with another wrestler. Just why? It just made no sense. Nick Patrick was the referee in this match, right? I think so. Because he also has these consistency problems later, but I can't remember if he was or not. I can't recall either. Blubber Ray calls for the tables. As they're setting up, the Frenchmen are magically healed and stop them. Renee brings in a table. Then they whip Devon into the corner through a set table up, and so he's very handedly eliminated, or so you would think. They set their sights on Blubber Ray, but he's just too large and in charge, so he punches out. <laughs> but Conway knocks him down. So Grenier looks to handle Blubber Ray. For some reason, Conway and Dupree look to beat up on the eliminated Devon on the outside. Oh, so, just to, you know, prove a point. They gotta whoop him up, whoop him down even harder. I gotta whoop your honey. That's what they're thinking. It made a thousand percent no sense. So, oh. so this allows Blubber Ray to suplex Grenier through the table, thus eliminating him. Or so you would think. Really, really showed their butts on that one. It was not a good look. <laughs> no, it was dumb. So Conway chokes Blubber Ray. Blubber Ray gets up and his tidy whities are noticeably showing. <laughs> they are not Adidas. <laughs> the fruit of the loom. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're the same underwear he wears for every match. He wears the same underwear. I mean, I'd, I'd hope not. <laughs> I, I think if you would ever hear Jerry Lawler say, Skid marks! Skid marks! That's how you do it. <laughs> I think he said that about Howard Finkel once. They loved, rest in peace, Howard Finkel. Uh, they um, they'd got him out in his underwear, and Jerry Lawler said, Skid marks! <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's a, a Pat Pattersonism. Yellow in uh, front, brown on back. Yep, that's right. So they attempt to send Blubber Ray through the table, but the eliminated Devon comes in and moves it. And this it is made, just becoming great. Oh, so mad. I am so mad at this match. I want this match to end. <laughs> Blubber Ray hits a blubber bomb on Dupree. And, dude, like, they do the exact... The Dudleys do the exact same thing that Law Resistance did to Spike. They do it to Rob Conway. What's up with that? Yeah, they bonk his head off the table, too. Do you think it was planned? Certainly oh, yeah. it had to have been. Oh yeah, but how do you how do you brace that impact? It's just hard to tell. That's that was a receipt. I mean, that was as much of a receipt. I mean, they're ECW guys. It was like when Stevie um, Stevie Richards hit um, JBL with a chair. They they hold grudges, man. But Rob Conway didn't even do that. He didn't mess it up, so it's not his to take. I don't know. Well, this is hard to read. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're they're taking they're taking it out on somebody whose fault it isn't. But it, yeah. But I mean, they're they're getting their pound of flesh essentially. Yeah, I think it was all just like just double coincidental bad luck. 
know. That I, I mean, you also referred to Rob Conway as the as the only one of the three who could really work. I mean, you you want to put try to put Sylvain Grenier through a table in a, a tough spot like that, or do you want the guy who knows how to bump to take it? It's a good point. Either way, he's eliminated. We're down to Blubber Ray and Rene Dupree. The or so it would seem. So it would seem. <laughs> Grenier comes in with the French flag, but Blubber Ray hits dusty punches and they knock him out of the ring. Devon wipes his backside with the flag and tosses it out of the ring. They 3D Dupree through the table, which looked kind of stiff. <laughs> yeah. To get the win and the tag titles. Yay. Whoa, yeah! USA America Freedom Eagles! Kyle, indulge me. Fat Guy Dudley theme, go. Uh, Pretty sure we did this last time, but I'll give it to you, Levi. Thank you. I I need it. I need it because thumbs down. Thumbs down. La Resistance looked so green in this match. Mm -hmm. The way this was booked did no one any favors. I did not like this match. (laughs) No. Thumbs down, baby. I'm glad that this feud has to be over. That it's over. I Thank hope you. so. I hope it's over. I have no idea. That that was trash. Like that match. Like I'm so tired. This is so formulaic because La Resistance is so bad. And like realistically, the Dudley Boys are not the Dudley Boys they used to be. They're limited now, and they don't. They just don't have. Like, and the crowd has seen. They they just get out there and they play the hits, man. Like the crowd's seen it. So like this is this is a bit this is as close to a brother sucks as I can get without giving it a brother sucks. <laughs> For some reason I think it doesn't deserve a brother sucks. Right. It's like <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> it's it's that, that situation where it's like if you watch a football game and a team loses fifty six to three, it's like more it's like more rude that they've lost fifty six to zero. Like <laughs> I somehow pick up yeah, mm-hmm. Kyle, what did you think about the match? Five stars. No. Um, yeah, thumbs down. It, it was just like... I think one part of it is just this feud has gone on long enough. And then just... I feel like WWE as a whole has relied on the Dudleys to be like a solid opener far too many times. That now it's kind of exposed them. And so you just kind of, like you said, it's just rolling through the hits and that's it, the end. And I'm just really tired of it. I'm bored. I was truly shocked when Jim Ross exclaimed, This marks the Dudley's 17th title reign. Like, are you kidding me? I know. I was surprised. I was like, God. What a joke. How long have they been around? Forever. years. Like 17 titles. That just that just shows how much of a joke your tag divisions you've been a part of. That you hot potato the title that much. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, I mean, WWE, WWF has, hasn't ever really considered tag team wrestling to be anything worth a damn because it's it's lateral expenses. Like, yeah. Essentially, what I'm getting at is, like, instead of having a good tag match that you have to pay four people for, you can have two matches with singles. Yeah, like, going into this match, like, I was like, oh, a title match. Like, I think just hearing, hey, it's a title match immediately makes you think, oh, this should be serious. This should be good. But then as soon as Jim Ross was like, if they win, this will be their 57th title reign of tag champions. I was like, good God. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound special. It's just like, well, we got nothing else for this division. Slap it on the Dudleys again.
because it's test taken on Scott Steiner for the right to own a human being. For the right to own two human beings in test case. <laughs> test wins. He also gets Steiner services. And what what served? I mean, tasting the sweet nectar of the woman, like. We've been going through this story since its inception, and this has been going on for about, I want to say, Survivor Series of 2002 is kind of when we first mentioned it. This this has been going on for well over a year, and we get a hype package to the tune of Suffocate by Cold. Actually, I really like this hype package. I don't know if you guys heard this in the network version, but they definitely dropped the F-bomb in the DVD Yes, version. they do in the network, too. No way! Oh, my God! They, oh. they tried to bleep it out, but you can definitely hear it. It's like, I, I, didn't, I wasn't paying that much attention. It's like the third word weird. of the song. Gosh, but this song, uh, this whole like hype package, it just felt so goofy, right? What? I loved it. I actually really <laughs> liked this package. It's just so you like this package. <laughs> no, but it's just like oh, this ongoing test Scott Steiner, Stacy Keebler thing has just been so weird. It's like a feud that I guess I'm invested in because it's been going on for so long, but I admit it's really dumb. And so like all these petty stupid things they're doing just highlighted by the song, it just seemed goofy to me. But like in an entertaining way, not like a this is stupid, I'm turning it off watch the football. <laughs> It's very much a very stupid feud. It's it's not good, especially judging from the in-ring work by Steiner. But I will say, I've gone from really disliking this feud to kind of liking it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, totally. I, I've I've been enjoying Scott <clears throat> Steiner. I mean, just be, from this feud and pretty much only because of this feud. There is a match on Raw in the lead up to this. Featuring Test and Stacy versus Victoria and Steven Richards, which had me absolutely dying. It is a hilarious match. Go out of your way to watch it. R- remind me what happens, because I-, I remember watching it, but I don't remember what's what's so funny about because it. Because Tess tries to assure Stacy that, you know, he's gonna look out for her, but he doesn't. And it's just a lot of like wacky shenanigans of Tess, for instance, holding up Stacy to get hit and blocking her. And her moving out of the way and uh, the heels hitting Tess. And so then they're going after each other. It's just a mess. It is a huge mess and it's hilarious. Fair That's, that's pretty silly. As Stacy made her entrance, Jim Ross says, uh, She has an opportunity to gain her freedom back. <laughs> <laughs> Property, man. Oh my she stops gosh. the match. She's like, guys, this match can't go on. I called HR, and uh, I'm now suing WWE for money. One thing. Well, no, that was that was the star of last month's pay per view. <laughs> One thing I want to bring up is when Test got Stacy Services back. The first thing he did was brought her to the heel wrestlers locker room, and he's hanging out with Stephen Richards and Rico. And he's like, start. Yeah. He says, start dancing, Stacy. And so they're like, yeah. She's doing like some uh, stripper dances or whatever. She's like, please stop. And it's just like, you don't have to do this. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so you have to do this. You see, I won your services. 
So you do what I say. Now come on, baby, get on up there. Come on. That a girl, come on. Welcome to my lap dance party, yeah, boys. Yeah, oh, wait. oh wait, no need for money. This one's on me. It's on me. Now turn around and dance. Yeah. Come on, Stacy. Oh, what's the matter? You'll dance for Scott Steiner in public, but you won't dance for me. Turn your face around. Nobody's looking at that anyway. And dance, damn it, dance. Dance, dance, dance. Yeah, baby, dance. But it's time to get dancing. But why should I believe Steven Richards and Rico and Tess are all friends? It's just so random. It's like, yeah, the most random guys that you could find. It's like, hey, who doesn't fit in here? Especially Rico, the guy they're they're like, hey, he's kind of gay. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's a little gay in there. He European, just like them French. Hey, you should be like, ooh, Stacey's butt cheeks when they be gay. (laughs) I found a gif of the dance, actually. Did you oh really? It's like a bunch of freaking chimps. <laughs> <laughs> That's it! But cheeks! I think they're saying, dance, dance, dance. It's so stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so glad like, the longer it. you watch it, the better it gets. I know. <laughs> Look at her freak. Imagine, I imagine she's like letting on a big fart. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rico is by far the best one out of all this. He's like all scrunched together, like, oh yeah. <laughs> like all I did was I I looked up Rico WWE, and this was like the third option. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they just played this gif. During the the whole hype package, <laughs> I don't believe they mentioned this, but I'm like, I, I have to bring this up. One of the things that I liked, I, I speaking of, they they highlighted it in the highlight package, is when Test faked injury, and then he's like, ah, oh, boom, kick you in the face, ha ha, gotcha. Oh yeah, that's how um that's how he won the services of Stacy. Yeah, hmm. I thought that was I you know say what you will about Test, but that was pretty good stuff. I'm not sure if I brought this up yet, but let's talk about Test's heel Titantron. This has gone from having him, you know, wiggle around and Stacy's like, yeah, that's my man. And now that he's got his services back, it's him being all serious. And she's like, ah, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I know, right? I noticed that too. <laughs> it's like, I'm an asshole. Like, that's just what the Titantron is. I know this is extremely random. But my fourth grade teacher, this is around the time I was in fourth grade. Oh, good. She was morbidly obese. Um, and Did she uh, suffocate? <laughs> no, she, she was morbidly obese, like huge. Like, I'm talking Gabriel Iglesias-sized woman. Yowzers. And, uh, side tangent, she actually had, like, terrible body odor, but blamed it on the students. She says, y'all need to take your backpacks home and clean them. It's like, we've never had this problem before, and we've all done it. We've all cleaned our backpacks. The smell is still here. And eventually we all were like, it's her. <laughs> so you, you smell, you fat old boy. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, I'll ne- for some reason, I had a dream one night when I was in fourth grade. It was like a- doing that Stacy Keebler dance? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but you and all your fourth grade friends is clapping around her. Dance, dance, dance. Big, big, big. Oh god. Anyways, it's funnier because I know what she Levi. looks like. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I had a like some point in my dream I was having. Uh, I I had a scene. Test Titantron, and instead of Stacy Keebler, it was my fourth grade teacher. <laughs> hey, what? It's so weird. So she's just sit, standing around making the like distressed face, and Tess is like, "Yeah, I'm with this obese lady." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just a weird random thing that I have. So when I see that video, I'm reminded. <laughs> but anyway. So Jim Ross mentions how Steiner can't be in a good mood after Michigan lost to the Oregon Ducks yesterday. Yeah, freaking Jr. in this paper really loves <laughs> it's his football season. <laughs> Just started. You can tell, dude. I was actually in Seattle uh, the day of this pay per view because I was up to see the Seahawks play the Rams, and it was just the same weekend. So I know exactly where I was when this pay per view was happening. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like, I remember Oregon playing at Michigan, or Michigan playing at Oregon, rather, in 2003, and I remember St. Louis at Seattle. That was, was Kurt Warner still the quarterback for the Rams? I don't recall. Yeah, well, Hasselbeck had to have been the quarterback for the... He was. Okay. That that was true. Okay. Freaking nerds. Gosh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I popped when I heard Jr. talk about the the Oregon Ducks. He couldn't remember uh, Eugene, however, which made me laugh um, because he's <laughs> he won't forget him next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. It was next year that he went. I thought that happened before. So yeah, because Oklahoma goes to visit in Eugene, and then like one of the most controversial plays in, in like sports history happens. And Jr. I'm sorry, was there I'm laughing it. at this gif. I'm sorry. I got to get off of it. <laughs> Rico. But either way, I get the feeling Steiner does not care. I don't, it's called a hunch. So before the match, Stacy hugs Steiner. So Steiner sits on the rope to look at a butthole. That's <laughs> a nice butthole. Look in. This allows Tess to get the early advantage. I'm not sure what they were going for, but Tess whips Steiner and jumps really high in the air, and this allows Steiner to slam him down awkwardly. Yeah, that looked like Steiner was just saving his life, basically. I, I don't even know about that. I have no idea what they're going for here. I, I, I By the end of this match, I will have probably given Steiner zero credit. So maybe I'm coming from that sort of positioning. But clothesline from Steiner, followed by push-ups. Jim Ross says, if Test wins, he retains Stacy's services, and Steiner becomes his property. What message are they sending? I know, right? My gosh. Full Nelson Slam gets a two count from Test. And oh man, Steiner starts fighting back, generating no response from the audience. It's just, just awful. Like... Just as awful, Tess scales the ropes and Steiner just waits for him to jump. No sort of psychology or anything. He hits him with a belly-to-belly and both men are down. And it's around this time that I realize Stacy is the one that's over here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the reason why this feud exists, is to get her on TV. 
She rallies the fans for Steiner, but once he's firing up, it's crickets. The crowd is just not interested in Steiner. And Steiner botches what looks to be a Tiger Bomb, and the crowd boo him for it. Just wow, man. Tess tries to pin Steiner while putting his feet on the ropes, but Stacy pushes them off. Tess pulls her up on the apron by her hair, but Stacy hits him with a slingshot. Which looked really weird. I know, she she does not have the strength to do that. <laughs> he falls into a neckbreaker suplex by Steiner, but only good for two on the pin. Tess hits a pump handle slam. He signals for a big boot, but Stacy mounts the apron and shows her butt to the crowd. Which, of course, distracts uh, you know Tess, who can't see her butt. But, I mean, he sees what she's doing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, oh, he stopped showing that butt. <laughs> so, yeah, it infuriates Test, and this allows Steiner to capitalize. Test chases Stacy around the ring. She comes in and runs into Steiner. It's just kind of awkward. The flub allows Test to hit a big boot. He pins, but Steiner kicks out. Test takes off the turnbuckle pad, and while Nick Patrick is putting it back on, Test goes and grabs a chair. Stacy takes the chair from Test, swings it at him, but he ducks, and she hits Steiner with it. No! Test hits a big boot, giving him the win in about six minutes. Thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, it was like entertaining in a stupid way, but certainly I just kind of wanted this feud to... I don't really like end, but at least conclude satisfyingly, and it didn't. You don't want it to end, but you do want it to conclude. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. This one's just, it's eh. It's not very good. It, it caught me while I was still excited about this pay-per-view, and so like it, it didn't quite have the stink of the pay-per-view on it just yet, and so I was still a little, like, thumbs in the middle pointing down for me. But like I was still kind of like okay, oh that's I, I like the finish was I like the finish like I'll at least say that. <laughs> I gotta say thumbs down. It was fun though. Yeah, Steiner it just was, it was, sucks. It was man. stupid fun. <laughs> Steiner sucks. Yeah. He he needs that a change so or close. he needs to go. I was so close to becoming a fan. Yeah, would you say brother sucks for Steiner? Mm, his run as a whole, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely fair. <laughs> like, I don't have to see the rest of it to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tess celebrates his win by performing sexual assault on Stacey Keebler by forcing a kiss. We cut to Jim Ross with the hilarious line, King, I can only guess what it means to be Tess property to Scott Steiner. What the heck's he gonna do? <laughs> dance, dance, dance. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, imagine. <laughs> I'm not very good at this. I got a 92.6% chance of me getting this dance right. <laughs> That's a pretty good chance, this dance.
next match is Sean Michaels taking on Randy Orton. It's the legend versus the legend killer. Not much to say. Uh, this feud has been building up for quite some time. With as far back as Bad Blood, Randy Orton costing Shawn Michaels his match with Ric Flair. Randy Orton has, in recent weeks, become the legend killer by kicking Mick Foley down a flight of steps. And most recently, RKOing the fabulous Moolah. Or the devil. Yay. <laughs> Whichever you prefer. I mean, that would have got him a uh, that would have got him over now. <laughs> so here we are. Randy Orton vows to kill the legend of Shawn Michaels. Both men lock up to start. Shawn out wrestles Orton, paintbrushes him, and Orton Flair get mad about it. Sean with a plethora of takedowns to Orton. Sean reclines on the top ropes to just really mock Randy Orton here. Teehee, Randy, big silly. That's what he's saying. Orton gets a headlock, but Michaels fights out. HBK throws Orton out of the ring, but Orton skins the cat and hits a beautiful dropkick on Sean. That was, I really like that spot, especially yeah, like early on good. the match, like... I, I've I've learned like I I've seen older Randy like the Randy we have now and like I appreciate his talent but getting to see him like start to figure out who he is in the ring is really really fun. Mm-hmm. Showing yeah, showing definitely. an ounce of that he cares. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, he did with his most recent feud with Edge. I will say that, but yeah, my gosh, unmotivated Randy Orton is not fun. It's the worst. He follows this with a clothesline. Orton goes for a double axe handle off the top, but it's caught with an atomic drop by Sean. To the berries! Oh! Sean hits a couple clotheslines, followed by one sending Orton out. Sean skins the cat himself to really mock Orton here. And that got a big pop, too. Oh, yeah. A dazed Orton stumbles to the other side of the ring. Sean scouts him and nails him with a baseball slide. He goes up to the top and nails Orton with a crossbody from the top to the outside. Rick goes to check on Orton and Earl Hebner says, Hey! Hey! Get out of the way, dang it! (laughs) (laughs) Which draws a laugh from the crowd. Orton goes for a German suplex, but Shawn Michaels reverses and hits one of his own with a bridge pin is only good for a near fall. Perfectly aligned, Michaels looks for a speaking go! Oh! But Orton nails him with a perfectly placed kick to the face. Michaels attempts a pin, but only good for two. They go back and forth with punches and chops in the corner. Hebner drags Michaels off, allowing Orton to get some punches in. He attempts an Irish whip to HBK, but it's reversed. Michaels charges at Orton, but Orton ducks, causing Michaels to barrel shoulder first into the ring post. Orton distracts the referee, allowing Flair to take the freshly injured shoulder and ram Shawn Michaels into the ring post. And he also nails a knee to the balls! My balls! That's what he said. Oh, did he said that? Yeah, he did. He screamed into the heavens. Did you well, hear it? Well, then that's perfect, because what I need from you right now Mm-hmm. is to tell us what it was like when Shawn Michaels got a knee to the balls from Ric Flair 
with Rick, played by Kyle, and Sean, played by Jake. And go. Hey, it's me, Rick Flair. Woo! It won. You're the balls. Hey, but all good. Yeah, you aren't supposed to hit me in the balls there, Rick. You're the dirtiest player in the game. I learned everything I know from you. How about I kick you in the balls? That's right. I'm the new. I'm the new nature boy. Oh, God. Here comes Triple H. Uh, what are you doing, Jabroni? Give me a kiss. I just kicked Ric Flair in the balls. I'm going to kick you in the face. Ah. Oh, my nose blocked it. It's so much. <laughs> oh, I, oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry, Hunter. Let's let's restart DX. No, you kicked me in the face. Uh, elimination Chamber. No. I still haven't forgotten. No. Yeah, but I was sorry. And this I'm, time I won't do it. I'm going to take my time to go home. I'm going to eat you. Alright, fine, I'm just gonna kick you in the wiener. Oh, my wiener! <laughs> the end. Very good. Orton, nice, pick- uh, nice two characters there, Kyle. Like, that was good. <laughs> so you gotta, you, gotta be, you gotta be on your toes here with the regression podcast. Orton then picks up Michael's and nails his shoulder into the post. Orton starts working over the shoulder with shoulder thrust, followed by this weird lifting up move. I didn't know what to call it. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, I, I don't know like how that's supposed to hurt, but all right. Michaels whips in an attempt to gain advantage, but Orton drives him into the mat. And I got to say, the banter between Flair and Hebner is absolutely hilarious. Haven't quite seen this before. Orton with the armbar. Michaels keeps trying to get to his feet, but Orton keeps knocking him down, keeping himself distanced while working over the arm. It's even an interesting socially distance. It's an interesting Ooh. spot, even if I'm taken out just a bit by how in actuality an arm bar locked in is just devastating. <laughs> but I digress. Can we, have we also mentioned how sweaty Ric Flair is? Like, is this where they got the idea? I was going to bring like, that the up Ric Flair drip. <laughs> Yeah, he's constantly just beat red this whole thing, and he's not even fighting. Michaels gets a roll-up, but only good for two. Orton whips and looks to attempt a spookingo. What? But HBK what? kicks him. Oh. Yeah, Dodge some spookingos in this match. Orton whips and attempts a drop kick, but Shawn Michaels holds the ropes, causing Orton to just fall down. Both men are down after Michaels hits a clothesline, but HBK kicks up and hits his comeback. You, you know what I you know what I noticed about this comeback and, and it's in me watching watching Flair and the little things he does. Flair actually fired this fired this comeback up in the crowd because he like he slaps the mat twice rhythmically and it's just enough for the crowd to pick up on and and pay, they're right on tempo with Flair after he does it twice and it's like it's little things like that. I, I was watching like a match from 30 years ago, him against Nikita Koloff and Nikolov's backing him into the corner and Flair just very subtly like flexes his arms at, at Nikita who jumps up and does this huge flex. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy controls the ring no matter what he's doing. It's amazing. I love mm-hmm. Ric Flair. It's a great point. I had no idea. So from Shaman getting averted to Atomic Drop, several clotheslines and... A spaghetti! Got him! 
Flair mounts the apron to distract, but gets knocked down. Michaels then sends Orton out. Irish whip to Orton into the barricade. Michaels goes up top. Flair charges after him again, but gets punched down. And then we get a double axe handle to Orton. Michaels goes for the pin, but it's only good for two. Orton hits a hammer throw Irish whip to Shawn Michaels. With the sound being so loud and impactful, it just looks so devastating because Shawn Michaels also does that folded up like an accordion spot. Actually Mm -hmm. looked pretty cool. Michaels goes for sweet chin music, but Orton reverses into the RKO. Goes for the pin, but Shawn Michaels kicks out. Oh, not quite enough, young blood. I know. It's weird seeing an RKO and it's not absolutely devastating yet. Yeah, I feel like Shawn Michaels maybe should have eaten the pin there. Like, I, I think, oh, it's over then, but then he kicked out. I was like, I guess it's it's not it's not full power yet. He hasn't quite discovered the, the ins and outs of the RKO. He doesn't quite know all the torque from the RKO. He doesn't know the torque, folks. Orton goes for the crossbody, but HBK ducks, sending Orton barreling to the mat. Shawn Michaels connects with a diving elbow into the egotistical heart of young Randy Orton. He gets pinned, but it's only good for two. Both men are down, but HBK kicks up one more time, and the crowd are just electric at the side of this. He tunes up the band and absolutely connects with a crazy sweet chin music. He goes for the pin, and in the process, Flair puts Orton's foot on the rope. So Michaels seemingly gets the win until Hebner notices his foot on the rope. And I hate how selective referees are with this sort of spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's referee's discretion. Sure. Flair comes in and gets a sweet shim music. And as you said, Jake, he's <laughs> absolutely sweaty. There's pit stains everywhere, man. It's crazy. HBK goes for Orton uh, for a back suplex when Randy Orton punches him several times. And it somehow incapacitates Sean, allowing Randy Orton to get the victory. But it's revealed Randy Orton had some sort of object in his hands. What was it, folks? Oh, it's those brass nuts! It's a brass nuts! It's a diabolical brass nuts! Return of the Brass Nooks. It's not Return of the Mac, it's Return of the Nooks. But man, what a match. What a match. Randy Orton pulling out the victory. I gotta say, thumbs up. Great chemistry between these two, and Orton just looks very promising. Big, big old thumbs up for me. Uh, I like everybody in the match, even even the referee. So uh, yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. It's a good thing we're building the character of Randy Orton, Legend Killer. It's it's some good stuff. I like it. Yeah, thumbs up for me too. I really liked it. Um, just seeing uh, young Randy Orton really kind of start to get it. You know, he's come a long way since uh, weird like boy band looking awkward promo Randy from earlier episode. Uh, and yeah, looked really good in this match. Uh, him and Sean. Worked real well together, and I enjoyed it. It's a big old thumbs up for me. We cut backstage to La Resistance in the doctor's <laughs> office. They're filming his ice and their groins and their necks and all that. 
They're feeling the pain of their match from earlier. Jericho enters in and assures them this is not their fault. It's Steve Austin's who put this match on them at the last minute. Jericho and Christian have been doing this protest angle with Austin for the past few weeks on Raw. Last week they picketed and protested and Jericho says he's drunk with power. Rene Dupree asks, what should we do about it? And Jericho says, nothing. Not to worry. I'm going to take care of it. And they just need to mend their wounds. And I may have misheard, but it sounds like Dupree says, Bless you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, hope you're liking all the slimming and slamming, but we gotta get a little break on three. It's showtime! No ring. No rep. No rules. Playboy Magazine says environments as interactive as a level of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Backyard Wrestling. Don't try this at home. In stores now. Rated M for Mature. Just getting started. Shane McMahon, Kane. How far will these men go to be the last man standing? Raw presents WWE Unforgiven. Live tonight, only on pay-per-view. WWE Home Video presents 100% Stratisfaction Guarantee, the Collector's Edition. Experience the life and career of the WWE's preeminent diva, Trish Stratus. Trish has personally jam-packed this video with over 90 minutes of extras, including bloopers, classic moments, and behind-the-scenes looks. 100% Stratisfaction Guarantee, the Collector's Edition. Available this Tuesday at FYE. I bet you took some stacker too. Nothing burns fat faster or gives you that extra boost of energy like the world's strongest fat burner. I should be eating that Mexican food before I qualify. Kenny, if you're here, then who's in there? Rita? Nothing's faster than Stacker 2, the world's strongest fat burner. Nothing's faster than Stacker 2, the world's strongest fat burner. Hey, Kenny, pushing a little bit in term three. Lights, camera, beautiful! Ordinary dude Joe is sucked into an action movie and transformed into a super cool celluloid hero! Welcome to the way out world of beautiful Joe! Use your awesome VFX power to obliterate evildoers! Zoom in, slow, relax speed! What challenges await him? Will he have the strength to save the world? Don't miss a single frame of beautiful Joe! Rated T for teen! Get to the go-go, baby! Yeah. 
piace l'originale, ma il remix non è poi così male. Pepsi Blue, a new fusion of berry and cola. Pepsi Blue, it's the mix. Alright guys, support for the Ruthless Aggression Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. It was the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Have you ever just had, let's just say, less than great time managing things down there? Well, that's where Manscaped comes into play. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents and millions of dudes out there are about to be nick free thanks to manscapes advanced skin safe technology manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past now when i tell you this is premium definitely mean premium the battery on this thing lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a little bit longer to shave that is you know if you're working with the jungle down there. <laughs> now one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming and they've also upgraded to a 7000 rpm motor with quiet strobe technology and let's not forget the charging stand this stand is intelligently designed as a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. And hey, if you use the code RuthlessPod, you get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code RuthlessPod. And your balls will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Like I said, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code RuthlessPod off your first order. Now, back to the show. Match with Tristratus Stratus and Lita taking on Molly Holly Gail Kim. Not much build to this. Recently, Molly convinced Gail Kim to form an alliance with her, to which she obliged, thus turning Gail Kim heel. And it is every heel diva's mission to kill Tristratus. Stratus. Right? So they plot to do so. Or at least in her career. After, how we say, doing a favor... For Eric Bischoff, Gail Kim gets a handicap match teaming her with Molly to take on Trish. They ambush her 
prompting Lita to make her long-awaited comeback to come to Trish's aid. So, here we are. And as Gail Kim is making her entrance, as soon as she appears on the screen, Lawler yells, It's time for puppies! Woo! (laughs) I just got so annoyed by it. These women are weakly trying to prove that they can wrestle, but are viewed as property or eye candy. Or both. I know. It's especially like this match, because like, I, th- I want to say, at least to my recollection, of all the matches we've watched uh, on the pay-per-views, this is one of the top, if not the top, like as far as like real wrestling goes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, and this like, is an and... actual wrestling match. It's not a bunch of boobies and such. Yeah, like all four of these women can go. They're, they're trying. They're trying to. Yeah, for real. You can tell. And they work so hard just to, more often than not, get forgotten for pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I think this is Trish's first pay-per-view appearance in like four months. Dang. I do want to say, I noticed when Lita is up on the turnbuckles doing her taunt in the entrance, she's mouthing the lyrics to her theme. <laughs> what a loser. It seemed kind of lame, I'm not going to lie. Her new theme sucks. Oh my god, I hate it so much. New theme? I go... Yeah, this is a this is when she came back from uh, from neck injury. She has a different theme than when she went away because this is on like uh, WWE The Music Volume Five, Ruthless Aggression, and it's like some sort of screamo. Lead us here to kick your butt. But like I I but before it was just like this. It was like a takeoff of the Hardy Boys theme, and it was cool. But then they added like these screamo lyrics, and it just made it crappy. <laughs> I well, like this, it. This... I don't like the screamo part of it, but I think it's a pretty good theme. That's what I'm saying. Like they that before it was pretty. It didn't have the screamo, and it was really good. And then they added the screamo, and it made it suck. Real aggression themes like two things: they like uh, <laughs> licensing music, and then putting lyrics where they didn't previously have lyrics. <laughs> I, look, I, I never know what the theme says except for so F your rules, man. But I, I have the lyrics here. <laughs> the diva themes, the lyrics are always so bizarre. Diva, diva theme. Here, I'll, I'll do a brief ruthless cover here. <clears throat> So, who, who who is the band that sings this song? Crappy and Crapper. Boy Hits Car. Oh. I've never heard of that. When this boy hits car. <laughs> boy hits car. Boy hits car. <laughs> I'm mad that I laughed at that. <laughs> um, the Hills ambush the phases to start. It's when Lita performs an Irish whip on Molly that it becomes apparent Molly forgot her sports bra. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They get both gals in the corner. Trish gets in all... F- Excuse me. Autocorrect. 
They get both gals in the corner. Trish gets on all fours. Not the first <laughs> time. No. Shucks. Lita then, uh, Whisper in the Wind style, hits a splash to both gals. They follow this up with an in sync baseball slide to both gals. Gail Tearing and Lita... up my heart, am I right, folks? <laughs> Gail and Lita start, and in no time, Lita manages to hit a spookigo! Ah! Albeit a sloppy one. Gail survives because it's so sloppy. It's a big sloppy spagingo. Lita hits a kick to the midsection, followed by a suplex, and kips up. She tags to Trish, and Trish hits a weird sort of splash. Just kind of fell on her. Chops to Gail Kim, followed by a clothesline. Trish goes for the pin, but Gail kicks out. Trish goes ahead and decks Molly. Gail goes for a clothesline, but Trish evades with her Matrix dodge and responds with a chick kick. Oh, I thought for sure Kyle was going to go kick, kick, chick kick. <laughs> there you go, there's some Levi. She goes for a pin, but Molly breaks it up. Gail whips Trish, and Molly alters the ropes, causing Trish to come barreling out. The hills ram Trish against the side of the ring. Gail has a submission on Trish. Trish reverses into a flip suplex of sorts. She rallies to tag, but Molly knocks Lita off the apron. You know, I have to say, before this match started, they showed an ad for Trish's DVD that had just come out, 100% Stratisfaction. Yeah. Right <laughs> on the network, too. And I had, um, oh, okay. And um, <laughs> Stephanie was in there with me. I said, I gotta say, I wanted this back in the day, but knew it was one of those far-fetched things that I knew it was better to not even ask. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Levi, you like uh, boobies and stuff? Get out of here, boy. You're in trouble. Trish was a thousand percent my woman crush Wednesday of my childhood. You don't need to be watching that stripper up. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was worth mentioning. Because in the words of Conrad Thompson, Trish, roll tide in this white. <laughs> Bull XD on that, JR. <laughs> And around this time, I noticed Lita's mouth is just bleeding. Yep. Yeah, I know. I don't know where. I was like, ah. She blind tags Trish, but the ref didn't see it. Oh, stupid ref. Get out of here. Distraction allows Gail and Molly to hit a simultaneous submission on Trish. Gail and Molly get Trish up, but she reverses and hits them with a head scissors arm drag combo to take them both down. That was neat. Oh, yeah. I thought that looked cool. Trish attempts to tag, but Gail knocks her down with a clothesline. We get a scoop slam by Gail. She attempts a leg drop off the top, but Trish moves, causing Gail to hurt her high knee. Oh, right on the bee cheeks. Allowing Trish to make the hot tag to Avril Lavigne. I mean, Lita. <laughs> Dude, chill out. What are you yelling for? Slay back. It's all been done before. <laughs> oh shush dude I'm sick and tired of you making things complicated I see the way you're acting like you're okay <laughs> done <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry everybody I'm sorry I was terrible Lita this comes is a in. spaghetti bit for this week <laughs> oh hush puppy 
<laughs> Lita comes in and hits clotheslines, followed by a monkey flip mount punch combo to Molly. Head scissors to Molly, followed by a power bomb to Gail Kim. Molly gets a shot to Lita's neck. She goes up top, but gets caught with the handstand leg scissors by Trish. Reverse twist to fade on Molly, followed by a lead assault, gets the job done. Trish and Lita win. Ooh. And I gotta say, thumbs in the middle pointed towards up. It's pretty par for the course in tag matches. All women did what they could, given the time they had. It was like six minutes. But a more than competent job. Kyle, what do you say? Uh, for me personally, I give it a thumbs up. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had fun during the match. Uh, as far as like women's matches go, it's like, hey, look, it's women just wrestling. It's not a big weird gimmick thing or something stupid. There's not a, like a crap ton of botches or anything. And it shows just good. It was nice. Some good wrestling. And I enjoyed it. So thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, th- thumbs up for me, too. I, like I said, everyone in this match can go, and everyone really got got an opportunity to, to do something, and it all made sense. I mean, even even though Lita got uh, got busted open a little bit, I mean, you know, worse things have happened. She just got off a of neck surgery, so I'm sure she can handle a little pain. <laughs> oh, was that funny, Kyle? Yeah, she get pained. We cut to a graphic of Seven Dust's new album. Jerry Lawler says, Listen to this, JR. That's Enemy by Seven Dust, our official theme song of Unforgiven. That's a hot CD, I'll tell you. He sound very unimpressed. <laughs> That's a hot CD, I'll tell you. So, so I work with two old guys, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this, but like mm-hmm. when it comes to playing music at work, I never deviate from classic rock or just older music in general. Like, there's no way they're going to listen to anything, like, modern. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. There's no reason. You play what you can tolerate and what they like. It's just like an old people thing that I never quite understood. Or, you know, like, my grandparents. Like, I'll listen to Southern Gospel or country music. But I would never listen to, like, Justin Bieber or something like that. My grandpa gets in the car, I just turn the radio off. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, talk radio. Talk radio is where I draw the line. Ah, Talk radio is the worst. Who would listen to people talk? You know what I mean? Just because it's stupid. It's just, just get, just get. It's a last man standing match with Big Burn and Kane taking on the boss's son and Shane McMahon. Is it Triple H? Nipple H. The fire burns within. Where's it at? Does that 
single time you turn around, I'm going to be right there, right up in your face. We touched base on this feud a bit last episode, but just to summarize, Kane got his mask taken, thanks to Kyle. Yep, sorry. <laughs> he flipped out, he set JR on fire, and notably here... <laughs> <laughs> and notably here, Tombstone Linda McMahon. This rose the ire of one Shane McMahon. Once he dealt with Eric Bischoff, trying to fill up and violate his mother, he can now set his sights on the big red butthole. <laughs> Which, by the way, they explained as, you know, when the cameras cut off, security escorted Eric out. He's such a liar. It's just like, that's weak. <laughs> yeah. So, one night after SummerSlam, Kane attempted to throw Shane in a literal dumpster fire. He lured him in <laughs> he lured him into a, an ambush in the backstage area while Shane had a match against Chris Jericho. He uncovered several canisters of gasoline and poured them into this massive dumpster. When Kane went to send Shane into it though, Shane jumps down and kicks the demon into the fire. So you would assume he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. Wrong sucker. The following week on Raw, they just say, he just disappeared. So no real explanation. Kane used his powers. You can't burn that which is already fire. Shane goes to call him out when Eric Bischoff comes out. They exchange words, things get a bit heated, and the lights go out. Kane appears. He attacks Shane and handcuffs him to the ring post and... Here's one of the more memorable moments of the Ruthless Aggression era. Kane uses the still steps to stifle his feet so that he can't move. And then he takes a car battery. Jumper cables. <laughs> and he attaches them to Shane's testicles. 
And a couple of times he clamps onto the battery. It's honestly so bad that it's funny. Yeah. Before Kane can really lay into it, though, RVD comes to the rescue. It's a mess. It's an ounce. Kane, what are you doing? You were going to shock the boss in his balls. Uh-huh. I'm Rob Van Dam. It's, we're supposed to be cool. It's what the people wouldn't want, so I'm going to do it. You big silly. <laughs> the next week on Raw, it's announced Kane versus Shane will be a last man standing match. On the go-home Raw, they have their contract signing where Shane hits several low blows in a row to Kane. And then a premeditated attack reveals a hidden announcer desk at ringside. He sets up Kane on it, hitting him repeatedly with a chair, and then hits an elbow drop onto Kane through the table. And I gotta say, that opening package was pretty great. I really felt Shane's humanness in this whole thing, and he was going to go down swinging against this freak of nature. Lillian goes over the rules before the match. She says, There will be no disqualifications, no countouts, and the last person standing before their opponent gets up before the count of ten will be declared the winner... (laughs) Therefore, the last man standing. Yeah, no she Snyder mouth her way through this promo. <laughs> Got a mouthful so on rule number three. <laughs> so Kane's introducing some new threads here. Just the pants. Pants and his big old nipples. Big pants cane. Which I think it looks better than a weird onesie cane without the mask. Yeah. On his way to the ring, Shane attacks him with a steel chair, and we are underway. Ding, ding. King. <laughs> Sexy bell <laughs> ring. That's how you start it. It's Rico. Ding, ding, ding. Dance, dance. When, dance. when Kane's involved, things get hot, baby. Kane gives chase. Shane, getting in and out quickly, gets a shot in the face of Kane with the chair. Then once more. Huge shots to the head. Kane sits up, but Shane gets another shot with a chair. Kane gets up, and Shane does a fake swing, causing Kane to get his arms up. But Shane McMahon hits him below the belt, right in the brimstones. (laughs) He follows up with shots to Kane's knees. Shane then rams Kane's knee against the post. At this point, I pick up that they're talking about Eric Bischoff on commentary. And JR asks, Have I told you Eric Bischoff is a no-good shady expletive? Have I told you that uh, uh, he's a big doo-doo head? Kane kicks Shane towards the barricade, allowing him to roll out of the ring. Shane then chop blocks Kane twice, followed by slamming his head against the steps. Shane starts jabbing away at Kane, but Kane shoves him over the barricade. Shane then mounts the barricade and goes for a splash, but Kane deflects it. Kane then picks up the still steps and whacks Shane in the face with it. Kane brings him in the ring and starts kicking him around. He signals for the choke slam and connects with it. He then rather flamboyantly tells the ref to start counting. Yeah. 
He's like, yo, go ahead and count, or whatever he said. Please the, count. The way he moved his arms was a little funny. Shane uses the ref to pull himself up. Kane goes for a big boot, but inadvertently hits the ref. Kane goes to what looks to be for a tombstone, but drops Shane. And it sounds like he says, wanna go see your mom? Yeah. <laughs> He exits the ring and gets the bottom layer of the still steps. Kane goes to Tombstone Shane on the steps, but he gets out and bulldogs Kane on the steps. He kind of botched it too. I think Kane went down too slow or Shane came down too fast. Either way, disconnect. Shane then baseball slides the steps, hitting Kane in the process. He then shoves the steps into the injured knee of, of Kane. And then he traps him, placing the steps above his legs. He's setting up for a coast-to-coast, and you would think these steps would protect Kane as thick as they are. Well, I like that they they added the extra sheet of diamond plating to the bottom so there would be something to to impact against Kane's face. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, he connects, and the crowd goes nuts. So the crowd does. JR informs us, those steps aren't made of Hershey's chocolate. So corny. That was the lamest line. They ain't made of Hershey's chocolate, folks. I try to take a bite of our teeth. <laughs> I would know. I tried earlier. Shane goes towards Kane after a while of both men being down. <laughs> yes? I don't know why. I like just being in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I just imagine uh, Bischoff or somebody coming out trying to get heat with the crowd. Be like, oh, yeah, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I think I'll take a break to eat my favorite candy bar. My Nestle Crunch. (laughs) 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 So much better. Crackles better. Crackles better. Steve Austin comes out with a big old uh, truck full of melted chocolate and sprays him down. So Shane goes towards Kane after a while of Bookman being down, and Kane shoves the steps onto the head of Shane. Ref starts counting both men down. Kane gets to his feet and tosses Shane out of the ring. Kane works him over on the ramp, and then he charges at Shane on the barricade, but Shane ducks. Shane starts working over Kane with punches, and honestly, I hate that Kane has to sell these. Oh, for real. Honestly, it's like my biggest complaint with this match. It's just, I don't know. I think realistically my brain, like if we were, like if Shane, his skill, his being going against the big red monster, like wouldn't he just tear through him in like five seconds? Correct. No need for a last man standing match. Exactly. Well, he's tough. He's, he's tough he's a, as a $3 steak, folks. He's scrappy. He gives it I'm not all. talking Charlie's and, and Chicago neither. Imagine the same match, but with Zach Gowan instead. <laughs> like, people would be like, this sucks, it's unbelievable. But He can't get back to like... both feet. He would lose very handedly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how long it would take him to climb the, the Titan Tron? Wow. What if he's, like, in a CrossFit and, like, does it handedly? Oh, man. Handedly? He's like a Joe Swanson. I can't do it leggedly. He, he's he's not. 
No, he's not. He's it's Candy Boy. Kane fights back and throws Shane against the Unforgiven sign at the top of the stage. You know, Kane was breathing so loudly. I thought Stephanie's phone was vibrating. <laughs> no, just Kane. Bros. <laughs> I was like, is someone calling? He's like, no, it's Kane. <laughs> yeah. He was like, eh, eh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was breathing in your vibration pattern too, which was weird. Before Shane can break the 10 count, Kane brings him up and throws him a few more times against the sign. He then brings him over to the announcer area and throws him headfirst like a lawn dart into the table. Shane's down, so Kane goes to the top of the perch and then throws the announce table to the ground. That happened like as as I mentioned, I watched the show while I'm while we're doing it, and right as you said that, it, like he flipped the table right when you said Kane flipped the table. That was kind of awesome. I the camera misses it, so you assume Kane has thrown a table on top of Shane, but no, Shane emerges from the corner and attacks Kane. I hate seeing Kane and Shane so this, close yeah. together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shane then hits Kane over the head with some sort of metal sign and then hits him with the boom camera, which was a fun spot. As soon as it happened, too, I'm like, oh, that's broken. So Kane is down. Shane then drags Kane up whilst choking him with the cables on the announcer's perch. He gets him up. Kane, however, goozles Shane. Goozle. But Shane hits a low blow, followed by a DDT. They show a replay of Shane hitting Kane with the boom camera. And you see where the lens cracks upon impact. Just an unlucky spot. (laughs) I think it's really cool, though. Agreed. Certainly not a cheap move, but it's a cool one. Yeah, when when you're the boss's son, you get to do stuff like... Murder. He hits Kane with the monitor several times while the crowd chants something I couldn't quite make out. Candy Kane, Candy Kane. He looks up to the stage, so I assume they're requesting he jump off of it. So he does. They're saying, kill yourself, kill yourself. Basically, shoot. (laughs) He climbs to the top of the stage, jumps off, but Kane moves. Shane crashes through the stage. And this costs him greatly, and only pays off in the fact that he has landed the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. Jesus God! Uh... But he doesn't get up. Kane breaks the count, resulting in him being the last man standing. Uh... The last man standing. I mean, when I when I really consider what this match kind of did to the rest of the card, I, like I, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was it was a spectacle to be sure, but like it kind of ruined the rest of the night. And the it was it's a whole match built around a spot. There's not a lot to it. I mean, the spot's cool and it's a spectacle. I'm just I'm gonna stick thumbs thumbs in the middle because there's I I've got too many thumbs up and too many thumbs down. So it's for me, it's thumbs in the middle. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I, I, it's like my. I honestly, part of me wants to say thumbs down, but I feel like 
it's not it wouldn't be the biggest thumbs down of the night so i feel weird saying thumbs down for something like this so i guess more like lower tier middle like well, i don't know what i was what i was getting at is like it seems like after this spot and after this match the, the crowd never gets back into the event and yeah. And so for me, it's like they saw what they came to see. And to me, like, that's what kind of puts it at a thumbs down territory is because it's like, okay, that happened. Now we're bored. Yeah. I mean, with that, yeah, I definitely would say it's a thumbs down worthy. Like, I'm, I'm just, I don't care too much about Shane McMahon. Like, his shtick's gotten old for me throughout the years. It's like, come in, do your little whippily dippily punches, do your little dance, and then jump off something big. Like, it's, He's not really a wrestler. It's not very entertaining to me. That's especially. Thing. I'm sorry to interrupt, but just Shane McMahon when he comes back, it's always a big deal, and everyone's excited and to I, see him. And I, I don't get it every but single it time. But it always fizzles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, especially with an opponent like Kane, like building him up, like you took off his mask. He's crazy. He's unhinged. He's dark. He's evil. And you have him up against Shane McMahon. Like, that's just, I don't know. That's not really a feud I'd on paper be interested in. And I don't know. I was just so eh about all this. So I guess I'll lean more towards thumbs down here. I have thumbs in the middle with a question mark. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I should say, accurate. I feel like I should say I liked the match, but I don't know. I'm conflicted about Kane not destroying Shane. Mm-hmm. He, Kane just won in such a non-convincing fashion. Yeah, it just seemed like, oh, just by the hair of the skin of his teeth. The hair of his teeth, ew. Just by the skin of his teeth. <laughs> Kane, Kane won by the skin of his teeth. And I'm like, no, he's a massive dude. Shane's a nobody. Come on. He won because Shane made a dumb move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't his actions that caused Shane to lose. And so, I don't know. Some fun spots. You know, it's fun when Shane jumps off things. But something was missing. And perhaps it was Kane not just decimating Shane. That would have been cool. This didn't need to be last man standing. You, you honestly, if you're going to make the story about Shane seeking retribution, like that's fine. What if they made it I a feel... 60, sixty minute Iron Man man? <laughs> oh I f- I feel like they they tried to pay off too much on this pay per view. Yeah, for sure. Like there's too many stories that they're trying to end. Like they're trying to they're trying to end this uh, at least an act of the the test and Steiner story. They're trying to end this story. They're trying to end Goldberg and Triple H like. I don't know. It seems like they're just trying to do too much with a B a B level pay per view in freaking Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hershey, Pennsylvania. A so bunch to... of people too fat to get off their butts. Oh, and cheer. oh, oh boo! Jake's got that nuclear heat. All right, Jake. What I need from you right now is to cut a heel promo on the city of Hershey, Pennsylvania, as a member of La Resistance. <laughs> I need you to cut my music. Thank you. I look around and I see a bunch of people here and they are fat. This sounds a lot more like Razor Ramon. (laughs) (laughs) They're all fat because instead of a paycheck, they just go to the company store and get what they feed their fat American families. More Hershey's chocolate. The only time someone in Hershey, Pennsylvania eats healthy is when they have a Hershey's with almonds. (laughs) (laughs) Pause. Now, Kyle, 
as a face French superstar tired of stereotypes comes out to confront Jake and go. Hey, I'm from France. Uh, we like you color, like me? You know, arts and uh, art and all that. We're not a bunch of douchebags like you. It's nothing to do with nationality or where we are from. It's just the person, and that person's a douchebag. So France is cool, everybody. Okay, thumbs up for France. Mr. Gay, I do not want to be your friend. I challenge you to a, a last Frenchman standing match. How about a big sweaty French kiss match? <laughs> How about a frog leg match? <laughs> what are the rules of a French kiss match? <laughs> you will find out at Unforgiven. First person's tongue gets too tired and loses. <laughs> first, one, first, first one to get pinned for three seconds. <laughs> Same rules as a regular match. It's just, you know, with your tongue. Very well. Very well, fellas. Bust out a little chair. We cut backstage to Stone Cold drinking some beer and watching television. What if this? What if, what if it turns out he? <laughs> what if it turns out he wasn't even like watching the pay per view? It was like, "Hey, Days of Our Lives is on, Eric. I'm gonna crack me open a beer." What? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's watching TV, presumably the the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho approaches him and asks. Remember this past summer when you told Kane you wanted to see a monster? Well, you got one, Steve. And look at Law Resistance. You're just winning people over left and right through the locker room. So Steve gets up and he responds, I done told you, Chris. You got a problem with me. You take your best shot. I thought you were going to say you got a problem with me. I thought you were going to say, I don't know, Chris. Got a good point. Maybe I should listen to you more. <laughs> Chris Maybe says, I have got a little big for my britches. Chris says he's not going to fall for his trap. He says there's more than one way to make him crack, and he's going to do it by getting inside his head. At this point, like, I have to imagine with somebody off camera going, hey, we got time, kill it. Because after this, it felt like it was all improvised, just kind of mildly sloppily, because Steve kept cutting off Chris Jericho. Um, Did you notice that? I don't know. I, I guess I could see that because... I guess they had to patch up everything because of the match. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's hard to say. We cut to JR and King at ringside. And JR says, We've been in this business since the 70s. And neither of us have seen anything like what Shane did coming off that stage. much to say with this one we touched based on how jericho and christian are protesting austin on raw austin has pitted them against each other a few weeks building up to this 
they had a one-on-one match for the Intercontinental title, which the winner ultimately came down to who could out-cheat the other. So Christian retained. And they sorted out their differences and were able to come together and protest Austin. Austin made a number one contenders match for the title uh, at Unforgiven that saw Jericho take on RVD. Christian took out both men with the title, which causes Austin to book them all in a triple threat. So Christian's actions backfired. Gotcha, boy. In your face. Big dummy. Christian's theme is so generic. It's really bad. I I'm just so bored by it. And it's not it's not the Christian at last you're on your own like I like I like that one this one isn't that right they change it but if it was that we would like it but it's not that it is this it, it is, is not bad. that it is this it is bad Jericho and Christian team up on RVD to start with virtually no reaction from the crowd. Yeah, this crowd is burned. Mm-hmm. They whip him, but he flips over the, both of their backs and hits both dudes with a drop kick. Oh, did did either of you guys see the sign, uh, the the RVD sign that was just the DVD logo, but instead of a D, it was an R, and instead of a disc, it had the the yin yang. I did not. <laughs> no, I, I did not see that. <laughs> it was such a lame sign. <laughs> it's like somebody's like, "Hey, it's like DVD. Check it out." And everybody uh-huh. saw it was probably like, yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you saying? That he spins around and plays movies? Like, I, get out of here. Your sign's stupid. RVD lays in punches for Chris Jericho. While he's doing that, Christian attacks from behind. Or he tries to, anyway. But RVD gets him. What the Spagingo? Oh my god! To the outside. RVD goes on the apron to dive at Christian, but Jericho stops it. JR makes note of the crowd's silence and says, Well, they're stunned by what we saw happen to Shane. (laughs) Sure they are. Jericho attempts to suplex RVD into the ring, but he reverses and hits a rough-looking suplex to Jericho on the outside. RVD then hits a moonsault to both men. RVD and Christian are in the ring. Leg drop on Christian. RVD goes for the pin, but it's only good for two. He then hits a huge monkey flip to Christian afterwards. RVD then nails him with a kick. Looked a bit stiff, but what do I know? It's RVD. Get your hands up. Jericho waits in the wings and comes off the top to hit RVD with a huge crossbody. RVD attempts rolling thunder, but Christian catches him and pulls him out of the ring to the outside, then proceeds to ram his head on the steps. The two hills begin to bicker about who's going to deal damage to RVD. And the crowd is unbelievably quiet for this match thus far. Out of reverence. For the death. I'm so into it, I, I just can't help but... Whip to RVD and a pair of double elbows to the heels. They're just beating down on old RVD. Jericho charges at RVD, but he does some sort of defensive cannonball move in midair that somehow hurts him more than it did Y2J. So they proceed to beat down on him some more. RVD fights back with a flurry of kicks until Jericho stifles it with an enziguri. 
He pins, but it's only good for two. Jericho pulls him up by the hair. Nick Patrick says, Wash the hair! And proceeds to count? It's no disqualification. Why are you counting, man? I don't know. They go to double-team RVD, but he gets a huge double DDT on both dudes. Jericho and RVD are having back and forth, and the crowd is insanely silent. It's like it's literally like a, a match in Japan. You can cut the but awkwardness right with a knife. At least with matches in Japan, like you can tell, like they're silent, but it's paying attention. Yeah, like you can tell, like they're focused because they're like, "This is good." This is like people Who are on, the, on their phones and looking through all their little digital camera photos and going up getting a beer. For the IC title too, and it's like I, mm-hmm. I love the Intercontinental title. It's probably my favorite, my favorite title. But yeah, this nobody cares. Yeah, man, it did not have title match energy for sure. It's when RVD hits a plancha on Christian that the crowd finally reacts. Jericho hits a springboard drop kick on RVD to take him out momentarily, and Nick Patrick starts counting because the men are out of the ring. And Jr. says, "I don't know why he's counting." Can't have a count out in this match. Maybe it's just instinctive. <laughs> nice job burying your referee there, JR. Well, hey, it's deserved. 100% deserved. Like, if you right. don't know the rules of the match, then it's fair game. You can go yeah. and get Because what, what happens if he gets to 10? What yeah, are you going to do nothing. then? Because then you got heat in the back. <laughs> At least you just look stupid by not following the rules. Yeah. Back in, Jericho chokes RVD with his own wrist tape. The saddest fans clapping spot you ever did see. They try to rally on RVD, and he's miming words like, I I can do it. But it just feels like if he talked, you'd be able to hear him crystal clear. It's that quiet. RVD goes for a hurricanrana when Jericho reverses into the walls of Jericho, and out of nowhere, the crowd erupts. It's always fun to get a walls reversal. Christian breaks hey, it up. Hey, guess what? What? <laughs> cool. Thanks for the insight. Christian breaks it up and goes <laughs> to pin RVD. Jericho pulls off Christian, so they start fighting. And I have noted here, Kyle's doppelganger is sitting front row. No, that was me. I, I have a time machine. <laughs> you were in Hershey, huh? Yep. I was getting some of that delicious chocolate. I'm not a big fan of Hershey's. Like, I, I like, like the... Hershey. I like cookies and cream. That's a good one. But like mm-hmm. the straight up Hershey bar, not a fan. I like their special dark chocolate. I think it's good. I, see, I'm not a big proponent of dark chocolate either. I wasn't until recently. Now I just can't get enough. I freaking love dark chocolate now. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you're cooking sugar, I guarantee your tastes have shifted a little bit. And you probably would dig dark chocolate. Maybe. Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in, and Jericho hits a top rope elbow on Christian. Christian nails Jericho with a reverse DDT, which JR calls an unprettier, which is <clears throat> wrong. Christian uses his feet on the ropes to pin Jericho, but the ref stops his count because it's not legal in a no-disqualification match. This ref is just... just he's, he's a little crazy. He's a little bit of a wackadoo, as I'd say. What, what did he do? Like, what is he smoking? I don't get it. You're a professional referee. 
getting a contact high from RVD, probably. Ah, that explains it. It's it's Robert Robert Dingle's fault. It's freaking <laughs> Robert Van Dingle's. Christian goes up top. RVD gets on the apron, <clears throat> and Jericho goes to attack RVD. This causes Christian to lose his balance and fall balls first on the top turnbuckle. Oh, my berries. My berries. This allows Jericho to hit a superplex, and now all men are down. Nick Patrick starts counting, and JR says, Again, I don't know why we're having the referee count right now. (laughs) Jerry Jerry Lawler asks if both men, uh, if both men get counted out, would RVD become champion? The count gets to nine, and RVD covers Christian, so I guess we'll never know. <laughs> uh, you can kind of tell that they're just trying to come up with something here. Like, well, let's see what happens here, JR. Whoa! Jericho goes for a lion salt, but RVD evades and hits him with a spinning heel kick. He then does the cartwork version. Cartwork. <laughs> Doofy! <laughs> he then does the cartwheel version of Rolling Thunder, goes for the pin but moves as a diving Christian inadvertently nails Jericho with an elbow drop. RVD tries to pick up the scraps in the pin, but Jericho narrowly kicks out. RVD drop toeholds Christian onto Jericho, and they're 69 in here. Dude. (laughs) It just did look really weird. I I figure even if you were hurt, like if you're laying on some guy with your head buried in their crotch, you'd at least try to roll out of the way or something. RVD goes up top for the five-star frog splash and nails both dudes. Both dudes while they're 69 in. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Nailed him, bro. RVD covers Jericho, but Christian breaks it up. Come on, guys. Break it up. No 69, and that's for Edge and Lita. RVD goes to do a super electric chair drop on Jericho. But Christian comes in and power bombs both men while RVD electric chair drops Jericho. Huge Tower of Doom spot, in other words. And the crowd, the crowd goes nuts for it. That's the only thing they've got up for, really. They go nuts. They recharge the batteries. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they go, um, more specifically, they go almonds for it. Hershey, Hershey's with almonds. <laughs> <laughs> the Madsons. <laughs> that was the most sarcastic laugh ever. The match ends when Christian brings in the belt. RVD goes for the frog splash, and Christian uses the belt and his knees to deflect the impact. He gets the pin and retains. And I'll say, thumbs in the middle, slow start, but some cool spots. But some really questionable spots as well. Yeah, thumbs in the middle for me too. Um, It had its moments. I didn't hate it or anything. It was fine. It's just it didn't really... I guess, get me as much as I thought it would. I mean, having Jericho, RVD, and Christian there, all three of those guys rule, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that, you know, the crowd was dead for most of it. It just kind of killed the energy and just made the whole thing feel just a little weird. But, yeah, thumbs middle. Yeah, not to not to turn this into a, a current product podcast, but the crowd really is so much an important part of of wrestling. Like it's really the only the only thing that on TV that is so reliant on crowd interaction, and when you don't have it, and it's apparent that you don't have it because they're not into it, 
it just it's ah, it's rough. It's hard to watch. And, yeah. But I mean, there's everyone did well in this in this match. Like everyone did what they were supposed to do. They tried some stuff that didn't really work, but like they tried. Uh, but and but that's only good enough to get you a thumbs in the middle. Yeah. We cut backstage to Triple H being interviewed by, uh, as The Rock says, that masturbating Mark Lloyd. <laughs> I haven't seen him in forever. I thought it was a SmackDown announcer now that I think about it. But he's here he's on Raw. The, yeah, he's not the big ugly hermaphrodite Kevin Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> he says most people think Goldberg can and will beat you. What are your thoughts? What a way to way to, way to intro the interview there. Yeah. Triple H says, Let me tell you of a fable. <laughs> Oh my god, this was the lamest thing. And then Vince says, let me tell you about a sable, pal. (laughs) (laughs) I put her on a table. On uh, Stephanie's table, you know. (laughs) 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 By the way, I hate to date this podcast, but... I would too, man. Can you imagine dating any of us? Shut your mouth. I, I hate to date this, and... But they just did this thing on WWE, 25 years of Triple H. I watched a YouTube clip because they brought yeah. out Vince McMahon. And yeah, they, they, they just buried Triple H the whole time. Well, he said, he, said uh, he came out and roasted Triple H. I'm like, all right, I'll watch that. And he sounds so weird. His voice has changed so much. He's like, gobbledygooker, gobbledygooker. Uh, you remember that Triple H? You remember I did that for uh, months? Uh, and they're like laughing in the ring and stuff because I guess they're around him so much they can understand what he's saying. But I, <laughs> I legitimately had a hard time understanding just what he was saying. He's like, oh, sounds yeah. like a sounds like a little old man. He's like, Katie Vick, Katie Vick, uh, you remember you're you're naked in the casket. Katie Vick, uh, never mind that. I love you. It was so weird. Everyone liked it, but I was like, what? I couldn't understand anything he said. It was very weird. David. But Triple H says, There once was a man who destroyed everything and everyone in his path. Then he woke up. I don't believe in fairy tales. I will do anything to keep the world title. Boberg. It's time to play the game. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to a break. We'll be right back. Yes, I did it and I'll do it up. Blue, a fusion of berries with a splash of cola. Yes, 
Pepsi Blue. It's a blue thing. In a city where chaos rules, only one man can save humanity from total destruction. Hmm. It's up to Homer Simpson and family to save the world from a diabolical plot as they run and drive to unravel the conspiracy. Blackfinch! Critics call it the best Simpsons game ever. Get the lot, dude. The Simpsons Hit and Run, rated T for Team. I am evil Homer. FIFA Soccer 2004, rated E for everyone. NCAA Football 2004, rated E for everyone. From EA Sports, now on Engage. By the time he pulls his head back up, the turn is, I mean, it's right here. It's 90 degree, right, right. And he just cranks the wheel, car takes the turn like it's, like it's going 40 miles an hour. Totally fine. <laughs> just gets it. He finishes the lap pulls into pit row and the, the the lead race engineer runs up to him and goes wow you did better than most and he goes oh really and they go yeah you went you know 185 miles an hour or so which is faster than most and when you went into that corner you hit 40 percent of your brake power and that and he said that was me i was pushing even harder than when i was sitting still doing the first test so for more stories about TV, pop culture, and life in the Northwest, along with some wrestling anecdotes, make sure to tune in to my show with Alex and Jake, available at badfacts.info and everywhere podcasts are available. Again, that's badfacts.info and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Find us on social media at Red Arrow Productions on Instagram. Again, my show with Alex and Jake. announcer taking it to the each once and for all title of a raw announcer jim ross with jerry lawler taking on jonathan but with al snow so this is actually kind of a long story this dates back to february of 2003 around the time eric bischoff broke his hinder block over jr's head <laughs> i forgot about that good god <laughs> They've just been fucking running JR ragged this year, I swear. When JR couldn't fill his role, whether he was fired or assaulted or quit or all of the above, the coach would humbly fill in. One week after WrestleMania, Jim Ross walks out on the job, and this happened because Eric Bischoff unfairly fired Steve Austin. In May, just a few weeks after that point, Austin was named co-general manager. And with that, he brought back Jim Ross. Austin brings all the men in the ring and informs them 
it's a two-man job, and then proceeds to hit a stunner on Coach. So what do JR and King do? Do they look in astonishment? Do they say, why would you do that to our friend? No. They celebrate, raise their arms in the air, shrug their shoulders, and say, oh well. <laughs> when Kane burned JR... Sorry, I paused because I was expecting an Oh, sorry. Coach filled in for a few weeks until he could come back. On the August 11, 2003 episode of Raw, Jim Ross finally returned to inform Bischoff he would sue him. Oh, fear! <laughs> Later on in the episode, Jim Ross comes out to the announcer table and just stares at Coach. <laughs> It's kind of like it's kind of like if you have a sibling and you're you know you're playing a game or a cousin or whatever and they just walk in mom said it was my turn to play. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it also like to me it had the uh boy it's like when you know the dad walks in and the son's sitting in his recliner is like get out of my seat boy. <laughs> also, yes. That's probably a better analogy honestly. Yeah. So Coachman very apprehensively takes <laughs> off the headset, shakes JR's hand, and removes himself from the position. All the while, Jerry Lawler is mocking him. He tells him to take the hint and also says, This show will be a lot different without Coach around. It'll be better. Woo! <clears throat> so Coach is out for revenge. For his actions at SummerSlam, Coach is named Raw Employee of the Month. Coach says he was genuinely hurt by what they did to him and that no one even noticed when JR was gone because Coach did such a great job. <laughs> and he kind of deflects blame on Austin and says his hand-picked announce crew are just the worst. Even though they predate Austin by several years. <laughs> right. You can kind of see how the heels on Raw are out to blame Austin and protest to get him out of power. Christian comes in and complains about how people are overlooking him, so Austin puts him in a match with Jerry Lawler for the IC title. Coach interferes, costing Lawler the title, so Austin books a match with Coach and Lawler for next week's Raw. During this match, Al Snow comes out and tells Coach to stop embarrassing himself and to just give up, and they use this as a trick to lure Lawler into an attack by Al Snow. This gives Coach a victory over Lawler. So, as a result of all these things, Eric Bischoff makes a tag match for Unforgiven with the winners assuming the announcer position going forward. The intrigue. I can't explain why, but when JR made his entrance, I just laughed my butt off. I... He's a big fat guy in a jersey <laughs> coming down like, hell yeah, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> I know this is going to probably sound weird, but... The Oklahoma fight song, I always put the words to peanut butter jelly time at the end. <laughs> he goes, dun, peanut, dun, dun, butter, dun, peanut, dun, butter. peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that forever now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Now that's gonna be what I hear every time I hear that song. I've I've heard it like for forever. That's the first time I've said that out loud. (laughs) 
to start out here, Lawler goes for the quick win on Al Snow. He's rolling him up, trying to get trying to get in and out, basically. <laughs> the Fred Durst strategy. Keep rolling, rolling. <laughs> but Al Snow kicks out. Al works over Jerry in the corner, but Jerry <laughs> fights back with punches. Jake, are you okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps replaying in my head. <laughs> 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 I got it. I got it. I'm I'm good. Peanut butter jelly, with a baseball bat. Out works over Jerry in the corner, but Jerry fights back with punches. <laughs> and I just love Jim Ross on the apron. Clean break ref, come on! <laughs> It's like he's calling the match. And like, <laughs> That's exactly what enough. I thought. <laughs> it's quiet enough that you can hear him. But like, oh God, it's so bad. It's like, I, the best part of this, I know I'm jumping ahead in the match, but it's when the, the pile driver happens. It's like, oh, just start counting, ref. He's not getting up. He's not moving from there. <laughs> I love the part where Jim Ross turns around to the hard camera and says, attention, everyone, stone cold, stone cold, stone cold. <laughs> That's all. Actually, I don't know if we've really mentioned it in your little little spiel about it so far, but since this is all the announcers fighting, there is no commentary for this whole match. Which is why Jim Ross feels compelled to do it himself. But it's just so weird. It's so weird because, like, whenever um, JR and King are like, I'll get us on the fight, King, let's go. Like, King's like, well, who's going to call the match? I don't really know. No it's one like, does. It's like nobody thought of that ahead of time, and they're like, oh, crap. This is going to be a weird, silent match. You know, I actually kind of liked that there was no commentary on this, to be honest. I, I did Because it, I didn't it, want it, anyone to try to add legitimacy to what I was seeing. But <laughs> That's a better that, way yeah. to put it. Yeah. yeah, I guess that doesn't. <laughs> but like, the question I had is, like, was, was there Spanish commentary during this match? Cause like, or is there also a Spanish... Like the oh we we are not allowed to call this match in solidarity with our, fr- our friends over. Nah, the Spanish announced team's the final boss. They're gonna be at their uh, next pay per view. This is for the real. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love how Al Snow is making Jr. flinch. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's just like pulling punches on him and telling him to shut his pie hole. <laughs> Al Snow works over Jerry for quite a bit. Uh, he whips him and hits Aspagingo! Oh, uh, citizen, no less. Coach tells Al to do it again. Get his butt up. <laughs> do it again, please. What's he saying? What the heck voice was that? That's, that was Coach. That was exactly what he sounded like. He was like, do it again, baby, please. I, I heard it. That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> He's like tearing up. I mean, he knows how devastating the Spagingo is, you know. He's exactly. called. He he does. If anyone would know, he's like, I want this man dead. So he goes for it again, but Lawler catches him with a pile driver. And what does he say, Jake? He's like, Go ahead and start counting, ref. He, he's not getting up from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then Lawler goes. <laughs> this is confusing. Lawler goes to reach for a tag on JR. Like, is this a mixed tag match? Because why would you put J- JR in there with Al Snow? You would not. I think they second-guessed it, and Al Snow broke it up anyway. But I was like, why are you going to tack? Maybe it's just instinctive. But Al Snow stops him and hits some elbow drops on King. 
Coach makes the blind tag to Al Snow, and he's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. But Coach wants to start working over Lawler. Coach somehow hits the world's worst ever Irish whip. Oh, God. How do you mess that move up? Well, we'll ask Goldberg later. Oh. And he starts working over King in the corner with kicks. It's an absolute shame that King Mm -hmm. has to sell for Coach. Crowd is understandably silent. (laughs) Coach goes for a Bronco Buster, but nails his balls on the middle turnbuckle. Oh. After Lawler evades, that is. Like, barely even hits him. He's selling him like he got just mashed in the nads, but he really didn't take much. I shall. Al Snow tries to intervene, but King punches him. Lawler takes the strap down and decks Coach with several shots. And the crowd starts chanting, We want JR! <laughs> <laughs> and King, he oh, just, hell yeah. King signals, he's like, One second, one second. And he goes to the middle rope and hits a fist drop. He goes for the cover, but Al Snow breaks the count. The ref is distracted with Al. Meanwhile, King makes the hot tag to Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. He's in a house of fire, folks. I never thought I'd say that. He starts, dude, he starts, like, clearing house. He's, like, just mashing people left and right. He does, like, a freaking pop-up insecurity. It's crazy. (laughs) Dude, seriously, uh, clothesline, clothesline, drop kick, drop kick, step-up insecurity, Tiger Driver 98. It was fantastic. (laughs) And a Canadian Destroyer. And a Canadian destroyer and then into ends, a submission. He, he ends it all uh, a top rope just to make sure he gets to the period on the sentence. He does like a 540 splash. And then pops up and goes, everybody, let's go. And then, yeah, the crowd. <laughs> then, he, then he kips crazy. up and goes, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he hops up. He's like, people, what am I supposed to The crowd pops for it, though. The ref is telling Al to get back to his corner. He has his head turned so that he doesn't see JR kick out on the balls. So JR then does that. Afterwards, he sends Al Snow over the top rope with a clothesline. It just, just like he whacked him in the chest with it. Too. Yeah, it literally just like he whacked him in the chest. Like, get out of here. I'm giving him a lot of credit when I say clothesline. So, yeah. 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 We're, All we're, Jim Ross's moves get credit. This is on a curve. We're grading on a curve. It's ridiculous. JR with a massive clothesline to the back of coach starts kicking him in the ribs. Dude, the best part of this is coming up though. <laughs> is this where he jumps on him? Yeah, JR mounts oh, coach God. and punches him. And what happens? No, 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 no. He jumps on him, grabs him, and he's like, he looks up at the crowd and he's like, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> laying the punches in but it's just so comical because it's like coach all the, or he's just laying there and jr all of a sudden realizes he has this moment where he's surrounded by like eight thousand people and he's like oh wait a minute i don't need to let them know i know they're here <laughs> so, <he's> just, <laughs> so what he's he just yeah just the way he says it is so good what meanwhile <laughs> All of a sudden, the big show comes to the ring. He's like, you pulled me out of catering for this. What'd you do if... Uh... Was he backstage raw? <laughs> <laughs> it's what like, a big, oh, show, big show, no out. one pulled you out of anywhere. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, I'll do the... Run- no, get out! You're not You're not a raw superstar. Get out of here. Is there any Parmesan out here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And Coach is just begging off. Not the face! Not the face! 
And it's honestly inconsistent because how is he handling Jerry Lawler? But Jim Ross is too much. Right. (laughs) And to close out here, in an absolutely hilarious spot that I did not see coming, Chris Jericho interferes and drop kicks Jim Ross and tosses Coach on (laughs) top. Ref makes the pin with Jerry Lawler unable to break the count. Al Snow and Jonathan Coachman are your new announcers for Raw. (laughs) Jim Ross kicks out on one. (laughs) I wasn't going to let it go down like that, folks. He gores him. So Mark Lloyd, he comes out and asks Jericho why he did that. And Jericho explains, It's a way to chip at Steve Austin by costing his Oklahoma buddy his job. Mission accomplished, (laughs) daddy-o. Daddy-o. And I'll go... First, thumbs up only because it made me laugh so much. Otherwise, it was truly awful. <laughs> yes. Jake, what do you say? Uh, dude, thumbs down. It's just so bad. And especially it's a semi-main event. I, I feel like they, they really built this card upside down. Like this this probably should have been... Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of what match I'd rather would have had here. Any of them? no but like i mean the the shane the shane match could have gone here like this would have been a better that would have been a better semi-main at least people would have been hot at the end of it for your for your main event at the end of this you're like oh no the our grandpa isn't going to be on tv when we get home (laughs) 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 grandpa no i mean how about how we put Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton before before Bill and and Hunter? Like, come on! I don't know. I like, feel like would... I feel like maybe swap Test and Steiner here and um, that would have worked way better. And Jr. and King feel. earlier on the card because this is next to main event. No, man, I, I get it. You exactly. need a, you need That's a what I'm you need a blow off match like a like a like one with not a lot of steam behind it to calm the crowd down and get them back over the main event. I see what they're trying yeah, to but do. You... Yeah, you had that with the Intercontinental match, But though. this match had more heat than <laughs> Test right. Steiner, so put it's that up. there. Oh, my gosh. This, it's just so bizarre. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, I have to thumbs down. Uh, it's just, from the top to bottom, this is just so bizarre and stupid. Like, it just really didn't feel like it had a place anywhere on this card. Like, it just felt like a big joke. Like I, I could imagine watching Raw week to week and be like, "Oh man, I can't wait for that Jonathan Coachman Jr. match." Hell yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be match of the year. So they immediately cut to the high package for Triple H and Goldberg, which I'll play here in just a second. But I want to <laughs> bring up what Jr. and King say after the package is over. They're <laughs> kind of looking at the camera, dejected. Well. Actually, I forgot to say, when they lose the match, JR has his hands buried in his face. He's like, no, no, no. You can hear him like, oh, oh, oh. But yeah, we got the, the JR and King at the announce table. And JR says, I let us down. I cost us our jobs. Jerry. <laughs> I love you. Then Jerry says, uh, you know, everyone's saying that the ref saying uh, Jericho came down and attacked. You know, why why would he do that? I don't know. I don't know. JR turns to the camera and says, Let me tell you something. Ever since I was a little bit of kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. I, I had so awkward. I had one goal. 
And that was to be in this business. And it's a heck of a feeling for it to be over. Let him take your jersey. (laughs) He turns to the king and says, I'll tell you one thing. Every night I've had to come out, work with you, I had a good time. You're just like a brother to me. Give me a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, we got one match left. And I just need to ask you this one question. Are you a virgin? (laughs) (laughs) Let's make this the best SOB we've ever called. Because no matter what anyone says, it ain't about JR and it ain't about King. It's about becoming the world's heavyweight champion, which I don't understand. That's true for wrestlers, but you're announcers, so I don't understand. (laughs) That's what this business is all about. So with that being said, I'm competing to be a wrestler to win the world's heavyweight championship. (laughs) No, the pride to be the heavyweight champion of the world. We're going to go out, folks. This is it for us. And by God, we're going to give you something to remember us forever. We'll see about that. Um, Yeah, for like when they said that, I was prepared for like some gargantuan call of epic proportion, and then they just called a wrestling match afterwards. (laughs) And now it's time for the main event of the evening. And the countdown is on. Only one man left. Goldberg 
He's got the image, the marketing. He's got all the hype, but that's all he is. A little piece of advice, Triple H. Leave the hype. Step up to me, step up to me. You want to be a big dog, please. Not to be. and Bill Goldberg. Take it or leave it. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So as we know up to this point, Goldberg went down Elimination Chamber last month with the worst finish ever, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, Sledgehammer to the face, loses the match. He wants another shot because that's just wrong, Daddy. And Triple H says, I'll give you a shot. But I want you to put your career on the line. I want you to give me a big sloppy kiss on the lips. And Triple H even goes as far as to say, you know, when you lose, you you don't get to do something silly like go to SmackDown and wrestle. You you can't get in another ring for good. But somewhere along the way, they changed it to just WWE. And <laughs> I don't understand that. But, well, it's because WWE doesn't believe in the indies. But, but, but that, I mean, that was the point. You don't get to step in another ring ever again, you know, so it doesn't really matter. That that kind of gives him the way out when you think about it in kayfabe to wrestle somewhere else. Yeah. I don't get why they backtracked like that, especially when you consider the, the ending. But either way, that's where we're at now. And Triple H says, don't believe the hype. And Goldberg don't, says, believe the hype. Don't, 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 don't believe the hype. He's a big Public Enemy fan. Lillian informs us Triple H can lose his title by disqualification or countout. But if Goldberg loses, he must leave WWE. And Triple H comes out first here. Thought that was kind of bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. 
From they're the... just really trying to get Goldberg over. They're trying to get him that that last pop of the night. Yeah, make sure his entrance is like, oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Goldberg's coming to get me. And from the jump, the crowd are pumped for for Goldberg. They save their energy for this one. Both men lock up to start. Kind of at a stalemate until Goldberg military presses Triple H. He slams him down and he just yells intimidatingly. Triple H rolls out, but he comes back in and starts working the arm of Goldberg. He goes for a suplex, but Goldberg reverses into a flip suplex of some sort. They go back and forth with punches. Goldberg whips Triple H in the corner. He rebounds <laughs> off of it and walks right into a SPAGGO! Oh my god! Triple H on the apron slingshots Goldberg and then tosses him out of the ring. He comes back in almost immediately and hits a couple of clotheslines. Goldberg hits a double arm underhook suplex on the game and then sizes him up for the spear. He attempts it, but Triple H is too cerebral for that. He hits him with a high knee. Uh, uh, d- that, that Harley race like high knee. High knee. Dr. Uh-huh. High knee. A it- big ass. <laughs> <laughs> he then follows up with clotheslining Goldberg outside and then rams him into the still post. He starts working him over with punches and elbows. He starts working over the knee, which apparently Goldberg has a history of bad knees. It's kind of brought out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ric Flair on. hits the figure four. I, I mean, Triple H. Triple H is the figure four. Triple H. They're in the hold for a while, and you just hope, you wish, and then your dreams just come true. Indian Deathlock Alert! Oh my god, no! But it's short-lived. Aww. Triple H goes for a knee of the face, but Goldberg blocks it and shoves him down. Goldberg fights back with clotheslines. He hits an awesome power slam off an Irish whip. Basically like one-handed. Gotta give props to old Billy G on that one. Jake won't, though. <laughs> I, here, here's what I like. You guys are burying me kind of here. Like I <laughs> said one thing, one controversial thing about Goldberg and his deserved. I'll say this. He grabbed the Irish whip with the wrong hand. Oh, come on. It's not burying. It's just your bit, baby. You, you don't like old Goldberg. But I mean, I'm saying you guys were you guys were hammering me before this thing even started. I rather enjoyed this match, and I, I was legitimately rooting for Goldberg throughout the course of this match. Wow. Okay. Well, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Old Goldberg. Old old Goldberg here. Goldberg whips him in the corner, and Triple H totally unnecessarily does his flip over the top to the outside. It's his version of the the flare flip thing. Not good. Hmm. It is. It just wasn't necessary here. Triple H hits the steps and, according to JR, has been lacerated. He's bleeding. Yep. I, I really I really like how Triple H bleeds into the lines in his forehead. Yeah. It's a good spot. Because he's constantly, like, raising his eyebrows when he sells. So he has those lines on his forehead and, like, the blood just, like, naturally works its way into those lines. It's, it looks really cool. Goldberg brings him back in. He attempts a power slam, but Triple H gets out and shoves Bill into Earl Hebner, sending Hebner out of the ring. This allows Triple H to hit a low blow on Goldberg, followed by a DDT. And that was a weird low blow. Like, it took him a while to it up. 
<laughs> I know, it's kind of like he was like, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> I want to hit your wiener. Triple H attempts a pedigree, but Goldberg hits a spaghetti Oh my god! To the uh, outside. How is he not dead? I don't know, man. Goldberg's pretty strong, I guess. Triple H drinks young juice to recover <laughs> and pulls a sledgehammer from under the ring. He nails Goldberg right on the jaw. <laughs> Goldberg kind of like stumbled for a bit, like, oh, I just got hit. Ugh, and falls over. <laughs> I, I like that cell actually because it's like it, he didn't just drop immediately. It's one of those oh, because I, like I, I've done this thing. Have you ever done boffing? Do you know what boffing is? No. Mm-mm. Well, it's like fighting with foam swords basically. And I remember one time I was I was fighting one dude and he came across and he caught me in the jaw with with one of these foam swords and like my head snapped and I kind of looked at him for a second and then I fell down. <laughs> it's like so like when I see that I was like yeah that's. That's what it looks like sometimes. Triple H comes back in and Goldberg hits a spear. Totally no sold the hammer when you think about it. Speaking of hammer, Jack Hammer connects. Goldberg gets the pin and dethrones Triple H as the new world heavyweight champion. No. For now. And- Immediately holds a belt upside down. <laughs> All right, Jake. I'm curious. What do you th- what do you what do you think about the match? It, coming into this match, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of limitations that they're dealing with in this match. You've got one guy who's not a very good worker, and another guy who's hurt. And the guy who's hurt is leading the match, and so it's really like I feel like they did what they could with what they had, and I. I'll give credit where it's due. Like Bill didn't blow himself up in the first two minutes of this match, and then just completely just lay there like a big red tomato. Uh, he actually worked, and this is probably if I if I I want to go on record as saying this is probably the best match of Goldberg's career. But wow. I just from, from the simple point, like he did something other than spear jackhammer pin, and it didn't look like total dog crap when he did it. Like there have been other times when he's gotten in the ring with with people and it they do but this match like the story that he's that they had with triple h and him coming up and and like you know hunter's hurt so he's working things a little differently and it actually like triple h being limited actually makes goldberg look better because you know triple h can't do all these other things that goldberg can't do and so like it it kind of evil uh evilized them equalized them in a in a way but like i don't know like all things considered I'm going to actually say thumbs up on this match. That is a shock to me. Ruthless aggression, shock of the night. Kyle, what do you think? Uh, Well, for me, personally, I'm going to have to give it a thumbs middle. Um, I don't know. I I guess it didn't really meet or miss expectations. I don't know. I just... With Goldberg, it's really hit or miss. A Triple H... You know, being big dastardly wannabe Ric Flair, uh, Triple H, it's always kind of hit or miss. I felt like, for me, the star of the match was Triple H. I felt like every hit that Goldberg gave him, he sold like it was like the most devastating thing ever. But um, comparing it to the Elimination Chamber match with Goldberg, like I felt like he should have totally won the title then. 
feel like that played better to his strengths. Like he looked really dominant and cool and stuff. Whereas this, like he did better than I expected him to, but it was, still wasn't great. He still felt limited. And there were times in the match when I thought it was just kind of really plotting. And it just overall, like it, it didn't crazy do it for me. Like whenever he won, I wasn't like, oh yeah. I was like, oh cool. He won. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and to that point is it felt like an eventuality. It, it, it yeah. kind of reminded me of the way like when we thought Roman Reigns was going to win the title and then he didn't. And we're like, okay, we were ready for it this time. Like we were yeah. about it and you took it away from us. You wouldn't let us have it. Like that's mm-hmm. how I felt about Goldberg at the Elimination Chamber. Like I wasn't, I was hate watching him win, but I'm like, this makes sense. This makes sense for him to win here. Mm-hmm in this chaotic scenario like this is where goldberg can absolutely run wild like do it here i'm ready for it give it to me no and then they then they wwe pulls that trick like oh you're gonna root for him next month pal yep guess you're right so i gotta say thumbs down that's fair (laughs) and inconsistent booking is a big thing that soured me on this because Goldberg basically no-sold the sledgehammer to the face, which is the exact same thing that took him out just a month ago. Yeah. And on top of that, to me, it was just boring. So, um, I had, I think I had a little high expectations for this match, and they just didn't really meet those. So, See, I had no expectations. I had zero expectations. I expected to hate <laughs> wrestling at the end of this match. It's it's funny, like, you had no expectations, and you give it a thumbs up. I had average expectations, and I give it middle, and then Levi had big expectations, give it a thumbs down. Because I, I really, you know, just, just I, appreciate, I, appreciate, for Goldberg. <laughs> I appreciate Goldberg for what he is. I don't really have, like, for instance, Jake has sort of like a, a Bret Hart deal for him which some people do <laughs> and like it you know i'm not saying what he did Bret Hart was cool because it wasn't but um i can appreciate goldberg for what he is and that you know a lot of people yeah, thought it was totally. cool in the late 90s and that sort of stuff i appreciate his act um so i don't come in with like this this bias or anything but man he smash let me down i'm not gonna lie Oh, I'm sorry, Levi. You want a hug? Yeah, come here, man. Give him a come big here. old kiss. What, what are you doing? Kiss oh, of the night. Jackhammer. Jackhammer. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He's dead. He's falling. Broken in half. Peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's Unforgiven 2003. And I got to say, overall, a pretty underwhelming show. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I was looking forward to this show too. I, like when we at the end of last the last episode when we started going through this card, I was like, "Hey, this card has the potential to be fun." Didn't we do this and with it, Bad Blood? Yes, we might we have. Monday Night Raw is letting worse. us down. Bad Blood was way worse than this pay per view. That's this true. This is better than v- Bad Blood. Yeah, this wasn't. Oh, that's very the problem. Good, at least with Bad, bad Blood, blood we could so like oof. talk about how awful it was, but this is just kind of subpar. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ugh. So before you were like, oh, hey, boys, you got anything to add? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, like. It's just how this pay per view was. There wasn't really I much could, else to say. Yeah. With our, our lack of input, but there wasn't a lot to say. Like, it was just wrestling. Yes. It wasn't exciting, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't weird. It was just wrestling. Except for Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler's match. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 yeah. What would everybody? What would you pick as match of the night? 
I, that's probably it for me. No, honestly, it's Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton. That oh, was a yeah, really good match. By far. What would be the next one? That would be hard to say, like the next best match of the night. It's got to be Jim Ross and Jay Lawler for me. <laughs> that's me. As far as engagement, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the It wasn't a good match, sport. but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you say, Jake? What are you talking to? My top two matches, I mean, yeah, Sean and Randy, and then, God, is it going to have to be Coach and JR? Well, like, what do you think it, about the Dudley match? Boring. I, and that's that's the thing, like, there's a match that had Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, and Christian in it. Three of my, like, top Completely 20 forgettable. I know. So boring, just nothing happening. So, yeah, I mean, I, the second best match of the night... JR and King versus. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's for me. It's either JR and King just for like the stupidity, like inf- like fun factor of it, or just the yeah. Yeah, I was thinking. I was debating between the deepest patch and this yeah. one, and that was just a big get Lita over match. Yeah. Oh yeah. What a completely forgettable pay per view. Yep. Unforgettable. It should have been uh... <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> Unforgivably average. So, unfortunately, ruthless listeners, that was Unforgiven 2003, and we hope Sorry you join us. One. We hope you join us next time for No Mercy 2003 <laughs> with the oh big, big, Jake. What can we expect from No Mercy 2003? Man, why do you ask me this? I do not have the card up or anything. <laughs> All I know is that the big show is involved um, because I saw that he was involved with this, that, and the other. But I'm just going to keep riffing here as I look up No Mercy 2003 on the internet. Uh, there's a lot going on. Brock Lesnar's the champion. Kurt Angle's here. Uh, Rey Mysterio's doing stuff in preliminary matches. Yeah, you are. We have a singles match between the Choo Choo A Train and Chris Benoit. Big choo-choo. Big choo-choo. We've got the one-legged warrior, Zach Gowhen, going up against uh, Matt Hardy version one. What? He recovered from his broken leg in two different places? <laughs> nice. I guess so. He's back. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, John, Cena, John Cena and Kurt Angle in a match. We've got Edward James Guerrero defending the United States Championship against the big, big, oh big. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Right? It's going to be good. Everybody. Everybody. Can we just get to SmackDown, man? Oh, my and God. Get to SmackDown. In the event in the biker chain match for the WWE Championship, this card the Beast so... Brock Lesnar defends against The Undertaker. That sounds good. This card sounds amazing. I want to get to I'm it gonna now. Go. I'm going to go start watching SmackDown just so I can get ready for this. All right, please join us next time for our review of No Mercy 2003. But in the meantime... If you can't get enough ruthless goodness, please follow us on Twitter at RuthlessPod, Facebook, The Ruthless Aggression Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Jake, where can they follow you? You can follow me on the internet at Red Arrow P on Twitter, Red Arrow Productions on Instagram. Personally, you can find me at JakeTaber541. It's where I say silly things sometimes. Come check it out. We I also have a podcast. It's called My Show with Alex and Jake. It's funny sometimes. My release, show. My show. We release every Friday at badfacts.info and everywhere podcasts are available. So if you want a weekly dose of Jake, tune in. 
Tune in. I, I actually run that show, and I, I try to keep the other two knuckleheads in line. So if you want to hear my pain, you want to hear me go through some pain sometimes, tune into my, my show. We actually, uh, we've been talking a lot about Dark Side of the Ring, so we've been pretty wrestling-centric the last few weeks. And Kyle, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me uh, wherever you see the, the, the hope in the face of a, of a smile shining. Uh, uh, hey, if you want to hit me up, just hit us up on our Twitter at RuthlessPod, and I'll be sure to get back to you. I love you guys. Kiss. Kyle's been handing out kisses like crazy. Been handing out kisses like crazy, crazy. And if you want to be a financial backer of this show, there will be a link Please in do. the description below where you can donate 99 cents, $5, or $10. And that'll help. Or for four hundred and twenty dollars, Kyle will show up at your house and smoke a doobie with you. Yeah, buddy. <sighs> <laughs> but in the meantime, this has been the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake. Reminding you too. Stay ruthless. Uh, yeah.